and we're live on the YouTube. Let me see if this works first. And then we can start the episode. It's quite a fat episode today, but we're gonna speedrun it for Costa. Yeah! For Costa. Speedrun for I said, Custa. I just need to be out of here by like 445. Uh, oh, we so got, we have yeah, three so hours we, we have of three podcast. Hours. Yeah, we, we, are. yeah, as I said, like, I don't know, like, we don't need a speedrun. All we'll right, fine. fair enough, yeah. Um, okay, we don't need to do any pre-show, we don't need to wait for anyone, we can just uh, get things going. Um, so everyone, uh, everyone has access to the rundown, yeah? So you can see what we're talking about. Mm-hmm, um, right. yeah. Cool. Ah, uh, who needs the rundown? I nah, exactly, yeah, that's a bunch of way, yeah. No. You know? You are my rundown, Johnny. I just follow Holy you. Holy shit, wait, this is a fat episode. Well, we have to... Yeah. No, it looks fatter because I wrote all the italic shit, but don't, don't worry about that. That's just uh, for my purposes. You guys ready? Yes. All right. I've asked if you're ready like three times now. Never mind. Uh, yes. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm not ready. Yeah. Just, shut up. <laughs> Plat Chat Overwatch, episode 144. Uh, we're live with uh, a bit of a preview episode for Countdown Cup, but also... Talking about tons of announcements that happened in the past week. Uh, we're obviously excited heading into Overwatch 2. What, it's like two weeks away now? It, yeah, it's like almost, almost two weeks. Two and a half? Something like that, Two yeah. and a half weeks. And no, I think it's actually two. I think it's 14 days now. Yeah, 14 days. There we go. Uh, I played some ranked yesterday in Overwatch 1, and I couldn't... I, I ca just can't wait. I just can't <laughs> wait for Overwatch 2 to come around and for people You're to start caring. You're a brave man, bro. About I wouldn't even queue up right now. Dude, it was like I had diamonds on my team, and Gator was the other, other team playing Cassie yep. or something. It was just ludicrous. It, it, it was crazy. Uh, episode 144. We got a lot to talk about uh, in this episode. I figured we'd save some of the preview talk for, of course, this, this episode. It'd be great. But then, they just came out and started announcing stuff for Overwatch 2. Obviously, the third hero, uh, Kitsune. Is that how you pronounce it? Kitsune? Uh, Japanese accents are not my... No, my Kitsune rushes are old. It's like... Kiriko. It's Karika. Yeah, Karika. Oh, yeah, my Kiriko. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's Kiriko. Oh, I, <laughs> I was like, got the name yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you fucked that one up. Yeah, I <laughs> fucked that one up real bad. Uh, Kiriko. Uh, I know what I'm talking about, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh... <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's just get into it straight off the bat. Overwatch 2, they came out. Let, I want to I save the new hero talk for just a little bit because there was a lot of details that came out around the game. And obviously we've been speculating about the battle pass for the longest time now, how it's going to work, unlock the new heroes. Um, and they came out with a developer blog essentially explaining like all the new systems, you know, loot boxes are being replaced. And instead you have access to like an individual shop that's going to update based on your preferences, what heroes you're playing so you can buy individual skins. Uh, but primarily just about the battle pass stuff, what they got planned for the future seasons. Uh, they mentioned, for example, that they'll be rotating new maps with new heroes every other season. Um, they got uh, a new hero coming out later this year, I believe. And then they're excited to have two more coming, I think, season six. I'm just riffing. Season six and season eight, I think, next uh, year. Season four and season six. There you go. Season four and season six. Uh, they got new heroes coming out next year as well. So they're definitely hyping up that there's a lot more heroes uh, in the pipeline. Um, the big talking point was that the new hero, um, it's not going to be available for competitive play the first couple of weeks. Instead, uh, you'll be able to play it in all the other modes, mystery heroes, quick play, all that good stuff, because they're worried about, you know, releasing a broken hero that just... It goes into ranked. If you buy the battle pass, you can just abuse it to high SR, etc. But it's unlocked at level 55. Now, we have no idea how long it actually takes uh, to reach 55. John Spector has some comments about it, for example. It'll take a few weeks, for example, if you grind it out. But he expects most of the player base to unlock it uh, long before the end of the season anyway. So, level 55. I've asked 
I was not on social media, but I was made aware oh, that you made some napkin math. No, I fucking. <laughs> I want to mold it. Was very very wait, 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 wait. The napkin math is relevant to Overwatch One. I literally said as a disclaimer, and also I double checked it too because there was a post on Reddit that literally echoed the same thing. Someone did the same exact napkin math, and it's the same shit. But I literally said at the top. I do not know if this is accurate. I literally, like, you can't be like- That doesn't you allow you to just lie after saying, you can't just put something at the top and then just make these crazy but it, claims but about- But it's not, it's not a crazy claim. It's based off Overwatch 1. And but so like, <sighs> that's it. That's literally it. It's literally based off Overwatch 1 experience. And I said, don't know if it's accurate. So if it mirrored Overwatch 1, this is how I would think around it would work. This is not saying it's how it's, how it's gonna work. I'm not saying 100% factual, write it in the stone tablets. This is how it's going to work. I literally said this could be very incorrect. This could be. Why is anyone upset about it? Because it's not. I literally didn't say that it's right. I just said this is how it I just pointed it out. I didn't. I wasn't angry. I just pointed it out. I, I'm upset. Other people were. I am because I feel, I feel like what it does is it stokes the flame because what happens is the the way all these things exist on in just the internet is that people, they read your disclaimer, they take the fact and then they just remove the disclaimer and then they post yep. that somewhere else and being like it's, who's your source oh avas said it and then all of a but sudden also, it's not even okay even if it's not totally correct which it isn't by the way i don't because i don't know exactly but it sounds like yeah. it's not john specter's post where he said like it might take you a couple weeks still kind of lines up with that that well, a couple of weeks is relative to like the, a couple of weeks is irrelevant it needs to we need to know the factor of how many gameplay hours it's going to think yeah but like let's that. didn't exactly, you ask to the, like 70 hours or something like that or something my, no it came to less than that it came to less than that it was that way less than that i don't remember it was like 40 hours or something. yeah it wasn't 70, but it was like yeah. it was like Someone it was like 30 something hours no 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 not even close it was to get the 55 based off overwatch one experience you needed like roughly if you did two weeks of grinding to unlock it before competitive, you would need two hours a day. Two yeah. hours a day. I think so. That would be like that's two weeks straight of two hours a day, which even is if, not okay. unreasonable, even if that's not accurate. I think yeah. the big thing is even if it uh, it does exist in the way that you said, like the scaling of the XP is exactly the same as Overwatch One. The big yeah. difference that I think is going to change the landscape of that is going to be the uh, the daily and the weekly challenges. I think that's yeah, going yeah. to give you massive XP boosts throughout the battle pass. So we don't really know how well that's going to scale. Um, we also don't know if the battle pass scales with XP of like if it's easy to get early levels. Like I saw on the graphic, it was like ten thousand experience at level one, and then people also saw the level fifty five. One and it was ten thousand experience. So if that's staying a standard ten thousand experience, then that would make it a lot easier to understand. But we honestly don't know. Maybe that level know. fifty-five one was just like a stock standard image that they just put in there, and it isn't relative to what it needs to be. They they definitely could change it later down the line too. Like uh, it might not even stay at fifty-five. They might bring it down before launch. There's still a couple of weeks. That is definitely an image. That's definitely an image that's probably been internal for a long time. I can't imagine they mocked that up a day before, you know, and just put it out. So it's definitely worth holding your horses on that kind of stuff. Because yeah, I. Uh, just to echo Connor's point, no, not Connor's point, Scott's point, even. Yeah. <laughs> against Connor's <laughs> point. Fuck but you, there's no point Connor. here. There's no, no point. No, it no, was me no, just speculating. No, I'm echoing <laughs> Scott's point because the problem is, even if we don't like it, we are viewed almost, in some senses, we're on the fucking podcast for fuck's sake, as a point of authority. So, like, I personally we are don't the like speculating that. <laughs> okay, shut up, Johnny. Shut up. No, we're not. No, we're not. 
Matt's of the authority when he's on the fucking podcast. That's who you really got to believe. But oh, like, the thing is, like, stoking the flames is just so fucking crazy. And like, I don't know. I saw it. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. Like, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Funny. The yeah, disclaimer is there. But people are going to do what Scott said. They're going to be like, oh, I didn't see the first three letters in the first sentence, so I... I'm going to ignore it and then move on and uh, parrot it as fact. That's just what happens, I will say. Yeah, and yeah, that's I what just... happens, but I'm, not, I'm still going to tweet. I'm still going to do it. I don't give yeah, a shit if someone's going to Of course you are, because it's I'm pretty fucking clear, it's, baby. Uh, it's I gotta give you three likes. likes. It's an amazing, like, first day tweet. It is amazing, and is. people will, like, it. rally around. I, but, and it's, yeah. I don't feel like it's unfair for me to say... By the way, this might not be accurate. And then if someone yeah. misinterprets it, it's not like me posting it as fact and then coming no, back know, after the fact and saying, this might not be I accurate. Yeah, literally precede the tweet that it I'm might definitely, not be accurate. It's, it's more annoying, obviously, seeing the result of that kind of tweet and then people kind of parroting after that, right? Like, that's the that's the more annoying thing. Um, On the actual, like, battle pass levels and stuff, like, yeah, if the weekly challenges go kind of crazy, because I'm just thinking to, like, the way I view the battle pass right now because i don't have my hands on it is like how the apex one works and like some of those challenges to get like the 10 stars in the battle pass to gain a complete level they're not that hard like it takes a little while and also blizzard have or will have soon a fuck ton of data they already have like the average play time of every single player so they definitely tailored it around that in some senses so it's not going to be unreasonable for your average player um to to gain the new hero plus obviously you can just buy the battle pass and get the hero anyway yeah just just yeah, just no i can't say that uh just buy it. <laughs> okay, okay. i think i think it's a hilarious conversation because i think if you actually polled people as well it, even if like we had the perfect estimate even if like john spater came out and was like you need to play 20 hours of quick play like if we have the exact number no speculation I still think people have such an, oh, yeah. a, like a horrible well, idea of how much you actually is. play the game that if you pulled them, they were like, oh my god, 20 hours? I play like 20 hours a month. <laughs> it's like, you know, people are just so off in like how much they actually play the game that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably find it easier. Second point is, I, it's absolutely not in Blizzard's interest to make like the, the new hero like predatory or like make, make it like difficult to attain. Like they want you to like get the hero and so if you know 55 is too long if it takes too much time i, I agree with you joss I, I am very inclined to believe that they will lower that for future seasons if they see fit you know whether they will have the, the amount of fucking data that they have on like players and I've, I've spoken to a few people about this within blizzard the amount of fucking player data they have is just unbelievable and to be fair that probably goes for every single game out there especially free-to-play games because free-to-play games there's like, especially if you buy the battle pass, there's like an incentive for you to play because you want to unlock the premium shit and the cosmetics and all that kind of stuff. Blizzard already have a lot of that. And I would say going on the model that Overwatch 1 is currently on, or like was, I guess, with the loot boxes, which are no longer on sale, it was not the most egregious system with loot boxes and like the frequency ah. in which you got them and the coins and stuff. Would you say it's more egregious than most other uh pay for games without uh, boxes out. well i had I this conversation on stream i don't want to go there on this podcast okay, but like sure. i had this conversation that like loot boxes are like large yellow of the gaming space yeah. like you now know, for are, a good yeah. reason I mean, Overwatch came in at the wrong time yeah. yes I, I, here's the thing i i was actually watching your stream johnny and i think you said something that i think like resonated with me which was as much as it sucks having the hero in the battle pass is a necessary evil of making the game a successful 
live service game. And like, as much as, here's the thing, the people are complaining who are like, what? they put it at level 55. I want to not buy the battle pass and not play 20 hours of Overwatch in nine weeks. Why are they not catering the game to me? It's like, you are not the target audience that they're trying to build the game around. You are not the people that is going to like, that they, you're not the majority of the player base, which are going to be investing a lot of time and money into their game. So it's like, why would they massively cater to you? That's a shitty reality to realize. But also remember, if you are someone who is not playing 20 hours over nine weeks, you are not going to put any money into this game. You are still able to play Overwatch and experience all the cool things and the free things that they're going to introduce into the game. And they will continue to introduce these things into the game because it is a live service game and other people will put money into it. So I understand there are people that are upset. I, I personally feel like the people who are the most upset are people who don't understand how Battle Pass models work and how they have been incredibly lucrative and successful for other games in the industry. If you look at every other big, big title that exists right now in the gaming space, in terms of multiplayer, this is how they work. And yeah. looking at the content within the Battle Pass that Blizzard are doing, you, Scott, obviously you play Apex for me a fair bit, and like I pl I've been playing a fuck ton. Dude, if I can't play Overwatch ranked, I'm playing Apex. Like... 10 times out of fucking 10, yeah, shit, like no tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, seriously. It's a fun game. It's free to play, obviously, in the battle pass. I get currency in the battle pass and then buy the next battle pass. It's pretty sick. But the cosmetics that Blizzard have put in already, or like not put in, I guess, or that we've seen uh, so far, infinitely better than ones in Apex. Like the Apex weapon skins that you get in the battle pass are fucking shit. Like, the the only good weapon skins are the legendary ones in the battle pass, which are like at the very end, or there's a couple of skins in there as well. Sometimes there's only one, maybe there's two. I know for this one, there's two legendary skins, one for Wraith, one for Fuse, I believe, or Caustic. Um, and like, they're good, but like, there's only a few points in that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, with Blizzard one, it seems a little bit more generous in terms of quality of cosmetics, weapon charms, and all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to play, uh, you know, a little bit of Devil's Advocate as well, because, like, this is the game launch. This is the first Battle Pass. You almost, like, have to spice it up. But it's all about the live service part of the Overwatch, right? And it's always been for the past year now. Like, how are they actually going to treat it as a live service game? Like, when we're in Season 7, you know, next year, is the Battle Pass still going to be as epic as this first one? Which I kind of doubt, like right. pumping out that level of quality content over and over again for every battle pass and like the seasons, they're pretty rapid this time around, like they're going to be pretty rapid. So I, you know, I, I very much agree that this first battle pass, it looks like a ton of value for the price of the premium. If you can afford the money, I know everyone can't afford, you know, buying a battle pass, for example. But um, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes down the, down the line because I, I'm a bit skeptic in that regard. We'll have to see if they pump up the quality stuff. A small counterpoint to that, Johnny, is that they've just done like a hiring spree and like the overwatch team is as big as it's ever been sure if or like if they print money you better believe they're gonna hire more people to make more content yeah. right like that's just how it is like if they can prove that it's justifiable to put this level of content and they can make money off of it like they will yeah i mean this is a conversation that's just pure speculation i hate having these but like you know we are getting pve in 2023 and they did mention that in blog post like we can't wait to share more about pve in 2023 as well uh, hopefully, with all, all this hiring they've done, they actually have like a dedicated like PvP battle pass, you know, new maps kind of team, and then like a team that works strictly on PvE maps, PvE content, PvE, 
you know, talent trees, whatever. They they just have so much stuff there, right? So um, ho ho hopefully they're able to like balance both modes at the same time and both pop up in order to guard. Uh, we got to move on though. We got a long show here today. Um, there was one point I wanted to talk about that they also mentioned in the blog post um, that they're doing a bit of a, a change in hero design philosophy. Um, I've asked you were a, a, you you agreed with this and you like this very much. They're moving away from hard counters quite a bit. So they did outline specifically, for example, in Overwatch One, something that would usually happen in games was that you would have like Cassidy's, for example, being able to counter tracers with the flashbang. It was a pure uh, pure counter pick, and this happened in so many different roles, so many different heroes. It was a bit of a counter place counter game. Uh, they're changing that up going into Overwatch 2. They're looking to have heroes be more... Uh, there's a word for this. Um, I can't figure it out. But more Hero similar to each other. Say. They can... Yeah, they generalize. They can do more different stuff to like, you know, stand by themselves. They have sustain, deal damage, um, all this kind of stuff. So moving away from a bit of a hard counter philosophy uh, to more a bit, a bit of a general hero philosophy. And you like this, Avast. I, I mean, dude, my apparently a lot of people like this because I highlighted it and like then the tweet went fucking Omega viral. And then like then I was getting all in rando people being like, uh, well, you how are you going to counter Fair Mercy without Cassidy if they lock heroes <laughs> behind? And I was like, <laughs> so whenever an Overwatch tweet goes too big about balance, you realize that like, holy shit, there was a bunch of people that are just in a different universe like than what you're like talking about currently. Um, but yeah, I did really like it because it was exactly my point of what I wanted to do when I talked about like how they monetize heroes is that you can't monetize heroes if you don't make heroes generalist, right? You just can't do it because otherwise you do run to those situations where heroes are going to be required to win at times in terms of meta, right? Like if they're too specific, if they, if they only have one type of kit. But if you make a generalized set of heroes and these all these heroes can apply to certain roles and like do various different things well... That means if certain heroes, like, you don't initially unlock them, right? When you're grinding on the free battle pass. Or maybe you, like, you choose if you come into the game, like, three years later or something. And you, there's a bunch of heroes you need to unlock. You pick, like, okay, I'm going to pick these ones. And I'm going to let these sit because it's fine if I don't have them right now. Which is kind of like the Valorant model, the League model. Um, so I do think that this is, like, a far better solution to not only their monetization in terms of making it more fair. But also general game balance because it's been the bane of everyone's existence to for a twofold reason when you when a they didn't create enough heroes but b they, the heroes they did create were so specific that they were far too meta defining and the issues with balance that creates because you can't you're dealing with the specific that problem that one hero creates and there's just not enough heroes to like deal with all the other implications of like, like that like diva's too strong well we don't have another hero that kind of does diva role so like we have to fine-tune diva but then diva's role because she's so specific affects the rest of the comps in the meta and it just like goes on and on and on. But like having a bunch of like overlapping hero roles and like strengths allows you to balance more effectively and to monetize more effectively. So a knock-on effect from that is that it's gonna make Overwatch League and like pro play more varied too. Um, if there's more generalist heroes out there, you will see people that prefer hero X to hero Y, but they both kind of do the same thing, little differences here and there, um, which is also a Big benefit because yeah, obviously we've seen with the Junker Queen meta, people are pretty bored at this point, uh, which is <laughs> not not really surprising when you have the same five heroes kind of running at each other twenty four seven. So yeah, I think it's good for the Overwatch League system too. Yeah, no, I agree. I think anything like you know, like the counter heroes of like Brig that happened when it was like we're going to introduce Brig to kill Tracer and then Brig like broke the game. Like I, I I agree. I think it's just a better direction for the game to go. I think it's cool that they're recognizing that and actually speaking out about that. So excited to see if they can actually apply that level of 
I guess what they're going for and if they can actually do that because I think that's very difficult to add a generalized hero like always because it feels like it can I feel like it's easy to miss the mark yeah I mean there'll probably be some kind of special characters coming into play um but I also like that it plays to like the strength of Overwatch as a franchise which is the fact that we have amazing characters with amazing lore and personality and if you actually talk to most people that play Overwatch they have like favorite heroes um like for example my fiance she's just like i love playing orisa and diva and it's just like okay well you know yeah she only wants to play those characters so if those characters were viable and they were like really good that would make her gameplay experience better for example and this happens to everyone like you know whether it's me playing reinhardt in like a dive better or you know all that kind of stuff like being able to enable all these different personalities and different characters within the space and not have been told like you queue into a ranked game it's just like this hero sucks like you can't play this hero that's that's it, it's it's not good for overboard so uh, i'm a big fan of this as well um it is going to mean, though, it is going to mean that we'll have a few characters to probably come out and just, like, absolutely, like, triumph some of the prior characters coming out. Like, for example, you oh, know, like, right? Win yeah. Winston is already <laughs> outdated. There might come a point where I'm like, oh, my God, this, this, this we, we might have some proper memes coming out with, like, you know, simple I don't Winston think Winston's outdated, though. How is Winston outdated? Winston's oh. just, there's just been, they've just released heroes that have, like, way too overtuned kits. Not that Winston's kit is bad. Just the other kits were way too blown up. Sure, but I'm saying like overtuned kits, I think will become like the norm. Yeah, you know? I, I think it's it's like yeah. the idea of power creep, right? It's like it, it, Winston's not bad, but he doesn't have as much stuff in him, right? He Winston jump, Winston zap, Winston yeah, prime, or Winston meme. die, right? Like that's the meme. Like that's what he does. You compare that to new heroes consistently coming out. They have just there's more unique flavor to them. Like you look at Kiriko's healing kit in comparison to, I don't know, like someone like a Mercy, right? Like she does so much and she has so much like stuff in it um, that I, that's sort of what I think, but that's standard with every single video game that ever exists. Is you're always trying to innovate and make cool and new Dude, stuff. Uh, I on the on the uh, it was like a point a little bit earlier on like people not really understanding how battle passes and stuff like that work like i don't know if those people have ever played league of legends before in their lives yeah. like some of the kits in league are fucking ridiculous like there there was a point where i know i know i'm going to lose a lot of the overwatch heads out there in the chat right now but like there was a point uh, in time where like nidalee was the only character with I mean, I'm lost. three, six, seven, seven abilities because you could transform into a tiger and then transform back into human. Um, but then now they have what's that fucking Viego. Scott? You know this? Diego is the echo of over League of Legends. <laughs> like he has a billion fucking abilities, bro. And like that always happens because the technology in general in games gets better. And like you need to kind of keep innovating and just making sure things feel fresh and new. And then you get characters like Viego that are just and ridiculous. Ophelios yeah. is the other one, yes, who has three different weapons that all do four. different things that can combo. Oh, four, sorry, yeah. Four different weapons that can combo with different things. Your fucking abilities do different things so that it's the most confusing character of all time. And like even the pro players when it first came out were like, holy fuck, this is confusing. And the casters didn't know the uh, I this is really funny, but the casters didn't know the names for the combo weapons and like switching and shit like that on day one because it was just too it was just too much to learn. So I hope Overwatch doesn't go that way, but uh, making more generalized heroes obviously is going to kind of uh, counter that in, in some regard. But yeah, I mean, yeah. 
I don't know where I was going with this, but that was it. No, that was, that was a great uh, point. It always gives that some League of Legends right content. So I'll put that in the YouTube tags and maybe we can yeah, get somewhere SEO on YouTube. Okay, I'm sorry uh, for bringing it up. But no, like, it's all, it's all in good. general, like, I mean, a lot of people do like perspective, pretty though, fast. right? Like, unironically, when people were talking about, like, Fran like a lot of times it happens when a lot of discussion with Overwatch because a lot of people, this is their first esport, which is not like it happens to every esport, right? Where, like, it's someone's first esport they experience, or first game, they're really in. Like, people like, yeah, Overwatch League failed because they were the first franchise league. I'm like, well, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. Like, I think you're missing something here. So there's a lot of times where people just do live in a bubble, I think, within their own community. It's not Overwatch specific. A lot of games, they all no, live in their own bubble. Not. And they don't know much about what's happening in the outside world. Yeah. So. I mean, Overwatch at this point is six years old. Uh, or seven, yeah. if you include open beta or closed beta. I'm like, holy shit, I'm old. I feel old sometimes. Uh just been stuck to this game for seven years um so i do want to have a bit of a wish list you no know, because there's a lot of exciting content coming out there's skins there's new maps there's new heroes etc so i'm going to present this we know that there's new heroes there's new game modes coming out if you had to make a wish would it be like new push maps would it be maybe like new escort maps would it be the tank damage support what future battle passes it could be even mythical skins like you know mythical skins what mythical skin do you want sure, to see what's on your wish list for future battle passes what would make you excited i'll go first because here's i i don't think people are gonna like what i'm gonna say is <laughs> i hope oh shit get ready the clips i hope that there are mythical skins that go into the shop that are like one-time <gasps> purchase like and like fomo i want there to be really cool things that i feel like people get hyped up to buy and that they get excited by it when they put it on for years to come. Because one of the big issues that exists in Overwatch, in my opinion, is they have a ton of cool skins, but none of them are unique because everyone has them available and everyone just has them, right? But if you start having things that are limited time purchases, they start becoming very unique to have them. And that makes you have more pride and more excitement about them and stuff like that. That's what happens in Valorant. That's what happens in League and that kind of stuff is it becomes these unique things that you can attach to your play. And then you'll see someone has that skin. You'll talk about it. You'll message them. It's cool. And that kind right, of so stuff. hear me out. Hear, hear me out. Pink Sorry, Mercy I interrupted and the you BlizzCon there. skins. Th well, they, that, they are the only ones that are in right now. Yeah, those cool. epic skins. Whoa. Yeah, no. They're cool. That, what that, do you that, mean? Um, so They're not that to cool. that point. Uh, okay, yeah. The, the, the thing is, though, it depends on, like, how you attain it, right? So, for example, I, I don't know, I saw some some video on YouTube. It was, like, a new $900 skin in, like, some gacha game or whatever. I don't know. It's like, okay, do you want to spend $900 on a skin? Probably not. Um, then there's, like, the time thing, you know? Like, me playing a lot of WoW Classic. It's like, there's a lot of time investment stuff there. But there's no skill behind it, so you get it. And it's just like, oh, well, this dude just played fucking WoW Classic for a thousand hours. Good job. You know, the, the, he's a nerd. Fuck that dude. Uh, but then there's the, there's the skill component, which, you know, most people can't get it. I think, actually, the best way to do this is, like, the Call of Duty route. Where, like, the old Call of Duty games, where it's, like, get 300 headshots with, like, you know, the M4 or whatever. And you're, like, no, awesome. because yeah. then people cheat the system and that stuff yeah, doesn't matter. Like, as I said, I, I know it's a shitty take from me because it's, like, just put in your credit card info and then, like, look at my pride and accomplishment of me having this skin. <laughs> I have but money, I feel, IRL! <laughs> I feel like over the... Like, if this does go on for five years, all of a sudden, if you bought that super cool mythic skin, like, mythic tracer skin right that goes through the shop that was only there for a thing all of a sudden that becomes like something that you love and then you can spend that money on the hero that you really care about and that you can like you can enjoy that skin and i just think the problem is just when you give everyone everything and it's no longer a limited purchase there's no fomo there's no that kind of stuff all of a sudden you lose that sense of 
uniqueness in so the game. You would want them to like block out the Genji skin. We're like, you're getting the mythic Genji yeah, if skin. If you don't get this battle pass, you should not get this battle. You should never get the Genji again. Um, maybe it will have it in like, they'll have it like the vault or like the black market, like they do in like League and Valorant, uh, where it's like, it'll come back through for certain people every now and then, and you'll have to buy it. But if you don't get that battle pass Genji skin, you should not be able to get it. Like that's the whole point of this system is that it incentivizes you to buy the battle pass and to play the game so that you don't miss out on this skin. And if you didn't get it, then damn, you didn't get it. You're not going to be able to get that again. You'll have to wait uh, for well, another that skin that you how, really love. That is how every battle pass works in like most games, right? I mean, like I said, I'll bring up Apex again, but the Apex legendary skins and the legendary weapon skins at the very end of the battle pass, which is like the Genji Mythic skin, right? I could assume it's at the end of the battle pass. Did they confirm that? I'd assume it is. But um, it's like, oh, this gun is like very unique. It has animations to it. Same with the Genji skin. Like it's... It looks fucking sick. Um, that will probably end up happening. And I don't really, personally, I don't like the idea of like the black market thing, Scott, just because, yeah, it does. No, kind of because there should that be, because that bit. makes the black market super cool, right? Of like, you're only going to get one mythic skin, right? Mm. And you don't get to choose which mythic skin it is. They just give you a sure. random one, maybe based on what you play. Like, let's say I play a lot of Mercy. There was a mythic skin two years ago that I didn't get. Every time that black mark comes out, I'm hoping I get that Mercy Mythic skin. And then if I do, I'm going to be popping off when I get it. And I heard I'm you gonna... say this. You want people to log into the game daily. And, and yeah, but that's what a store does as well, is every day your store will update to a personalized version of yourself, right? And your skins that you would want. That gives you reason to log into the game, which is what they're looking for, right? They want to incentivize you to log into the game every day and then look at your store, see if you want to buy something, right? People can hate this and be like, this is bought for business. This is just customers selling out to the corporations. <laughs> this is what makes successful games. This is how a game prints money. And this is how a game has longevity in the long run, because that is a business model that incentivizes Blizzard to do these kind of things. All right. Jason, I've asked, do you have anything on the wish list? What would you like to see in the battle passes or future seasons to make the game a little more fun, better for you guys? Does it have to be more generalist? It could be like, whatever you want. Literally whatever. Uh, here's what I'm going to say. New game modes. I don't care. I think the current system they're doing, for the most part, I'm, I like everything they're doing with it. I think they're getting a lot of value for the battle pass. It's stuff for like Kiriko. Like if you have Overwatch 1, you're getting Kiriko for free on launch, by the way, if you already owned Overwatch 1. I think a lot of people are forgetting that fact as well. That like it's like an incentive for you owning Overwatch 1. You get Kiriko for free. Um, but for me, like on a longer scale thing, I would want them to integrate Overwatch League if it stays in its current model, right? If they plan to commit to this system for a bit. They need to do what Valorant does and integrate them further into the actual game. Like they need to be like on certain, like you should be able to have like certain cool skins that support like your favorite team. We sort of have that with the overwatching tokens model, right? Is like watching Overwatch to get the tokens. There should be like even separate, like legendary skins. There should be the ability to like further customize your character. You should be able to like, like there just should be more integration, I think, into the game itself. I want to see in, you know, something else that would be loved to do in game tournaments. In game tournaments yeah. would be yes. amazing. It's what Valorant's planning to do. It's literally no stakes. Like, like here, like you and your friends sign up, come play a tournament. You can win some prize money. There's no stakes attached necessarily. It's literally just like you guys can play in a tournament for fun, right? And then like they can go. It can lead to a larger system that leads into open division. That leads into contenders, so on and so forth, right? We make like that sort of system involved. Now, I do think the problem I have, the one issue with that comparatively is that because of how Overwatch League currently works, like 
the grind, you don't, even if you win everything, you don't necessarily make it to Overwatch League, right? But theoretically, it's like by winning stuff, you do get picked up to Overwatch League at the end of the day, right? And you win money from tournaments and playing the tournament. But like, I want to see a lot more integration between the competitive system into the game, right? I'm not saying they have to like cater to anyone, but like casuals can enjoy a tournament. It doesn't have to be like, oh, the Overwatch League tournament, right? It's just like an in game. Yeah, Overwatch I think if you're a fan you know? of Overwatch Esports, Overwatch League, you want a reason to click on the Overwatch League tab yeah. and, like, go yeah. there. They need to have just further integration. They need to have, like, some abilities with their skins because you can have different tiers of skins and such, right? Where it's like, oh, like, you can do the same thing with, like, your Overwatch League token skins and, like, with Overwatch-related memorabilia. Yeah. And you can have more cosmetics related to that. In addition to that, you can have your in-game tournaments, which can appeal to casuals because it's not necessarily Overwatch League. It's just in-game tournaments. And it's like, oh, by the way, if you do well in this tournament, like, you can get, like, into this... Like, you can go into this next division for, like, actual, like, competitive play of, like, open division contenders, etc. Like, it's just, like, a way to get people started and interested in playing. And even if it doesn't end up in them actually competing and, like, going on to try to become a pro or anything like that, it's, like, gains their interest and, like, gives people stuff to do. It literally gives your friends something to do. It's like, hey, do you want to go play in this tournament that has, like, a $10,000 prize pool that we can just sign up and play in the thing in-game, you know? It's like, yeah, why not, you know? Because, like, it could just be, like, there's all sorts of different methods there to integrate, which I think, like, currently there's only one game doing it in the entire world, include and not even like League does it. It's Valorant. Valorant literally is just like paving the way oh, for like no, how Le to League do, do that too. Division. Do they? Um, I thought they I do, feel like Valorant. They do Clash. They do Clash. Oh, that's right. They do Clash. I forgot about Clash. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like I, I just want them to be because it's not just about esports. It's also about giving your players on the PvP side extra content for them just Eden just to be able to do it. Like it's not about feeding into the esports. It's literally just giving people more things to do within the client. And like, it means that people will actually care about, I also want to see more incentives for doing well in ranked. I want to see like, if you get high MMR, you should get, you should get like the fucking jacket. Like league does. You should get like a jacket. Dude, if people you get, like, would lose their mind. If you try yeah, to know the fucking casuals would be like the bronze. I don't give a casuals shit. Would be, I know I, I'm with you. I, I think care. there should be, there should but be. But cool the thing is they can get, get like stuff for like competing it. in the game too. People should get like other, there should still be other incentives, but like pretty much the whole point of this, my, of this system, the movie for is that there should be way more incentives and cool things in the game that when people interact and play your game, they are rewarded for yeah. playing your game. Like, that's why, like, I understand some people are like, I don't want to have to put more time to it because I haven't been rewarded for playing Overwatch, right? Which is like, this system should be rewarding you for playing the game. But also, Overwatch fans, alert! I'm sorry to have to tell you, you will have to play Overwatch to receive rewards. No, okay. You, no, must, you must play Overwatch. Oh, no. I'm no longer buying Overwatch too. I refuse you must, to play You it. must play it. But if you do play it, you can receive things. Hmm, trade offer. So that, I do mm. think they like overall they need to be no. putting way more like just incentives and skins for like doing well in ranked elite awards. Hey, playing in fucking arcade mode, which by the way, all the new heroes are going to be free in arcade mode. You don't have to play comp; you can just play in arcade, play the new heroes. I, I played some like, capture the flag yesterday. That mode is lit. Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if like even if it's not ranked, right? It's like oh, you got the most wins in a season, so you get like a special, a special skin, right? Like it's just like things like that where you're able to do this with a new into to where you can reward players for playing your game and giving them cool things. And like, that's what we should be doing with this new system is incentivizing people to play your game. And so hopefully that's what they do. My, my whole, my literally an overhaul of everything they've done. I'm hoping they're all working towards that. Essentially.
You want there to be more cool things involved with Overwatch. It, you know, for the longest time. Like, I just want, I just want them to make people want to play their game. Yeah, it, it's but, been pretty no. stale, you know. And you know, it's obvious that they've cut down some of the live service stuff in favor of the release of Overwatch Two. But we want like exciting stuff, or like people are like, whoa, like on Twitter or whatever news articles, just like, whoa, Overwatch is doing this. This is cool. Like, we want more of that stuff. I think it's obvious at this point. Uh, Jaws, I, I don't want to leave you hanging. Well, what do you want? Well, what's on your wish list? What, what do you want to? Well, what's on? What do you want to see? Just to, just to add on to that point, you know what would be really cool, actually, if they did, you know, we got the team sprays already, if they did voice line sprays, uh, voice line sprays. Voice line sprays? Voice line sprays. So you click on it, it plays the sound, that'd be sick. Now, I want the, it would be cool to have little voice lines for the characters, too. That also helps support the teams. It's like you fucking hit the voice line key and it goes, let's go Dallas, fuel, or yep, some shit that's actually like that. a great idea. I, Dude, it's just a uh, more integration, just like more little pieces um, to help monetize the the league and yeah, shit like that. I think it'll be awesome. I yeah, I do definitely agree with Connor. More, more fucking rank rewards because holy shit! Once you get that top five hundred logo or the shiny one and the fucking moving spray, like uh, people don't really care anymore. And like competitive points too. I hope they do something with competitive points because they are fucking useless. For like the majority of people at this point in time i remember way back when and you'll probably remember this johnny i don't did you even stream in 2016 2017 i can't fucking yeah i probably did. definitely fucking did yeah but how many times way back then did in fact i asked this too what gold weapon skins have you got like no one gives I a shit about yeah, that yeah. anymore yeah i was no going i was going through it recently there's like there's like six i'm missing like and once again yeah. it goes back to the fact of it is no longer unique to have a it, gold skin they're just everywhere that and initially that was kind of fucking cool seeing someone with yeah. a gold weapon and it was like oh wow they've got a gold weapon on cassidy a tracer whatever the fuck one of my accounts has like sixteen thousand competitive points I don't give a fuck about gold skins. I got gold skins with main account, my other like uh, side account. Like I don't give a shit anymore. I want that to turn into something else too. So because can more I offer rewards go go on, Johnny? Maybe competitive points to buy a fucking skin or something. I'll, I'll offer than... you an idea. What if you could like prestige oh. the golden guns so you could like level it up? So cool you could cool like too. you instead like, of just so like golden gun is like level one, but then you could have like sure. level five where it's like you have some fucking spatial like Jupiter shit going on and it's just like stars yeah. and it's shining. It, it doesn't even have to be like that, right? Where it goes fucking sicko mode. It could be like Black Ops Two, I think it was, where you could yeah, like you said, prestige the guns. And then you get the diamond camo for whatever the fuck. And yeah, it just anything that will incentivize people to play, but also play competitive. And competitive points are probably one of the better ways of like rewarding people because it doesn't require you to win. Or oh, wait, how does it work now? It's just the end of the season, right? You know, it's just the end of the season. It used to be if you win, you get points. And then if you lose, you got zero. So more shit to do with that. Either a ranked skin that costs 5,000 points or 10,000 or something that just makes ranked a little bit more prestigious when you get higher you get more competitive points etc um in terms of like battle pass shit there's the cyberpunk theme best aesthetic of all fucking time god bless god bless blizzard entertainment i would love to see just super distinct themes i think they're going to do that anyway but yeah. like i was thinking about it this morning when i saw the rundown i was like okay so what are what are my favorite kind of aesthetics and themes of all time cyberpunk is fucking one of them if not the top of obviously i love fish so like an underwater thing would be kind of sick like an there's ocean a, yeah there's thing. some cool ones yeah, yeah. fresh water versus salt water whoa talent but you know fucking <laughs> whoa, two different whoa, 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 whoa. 
I would go fucking crazy. You know, because actually, because Scott Sab DM me about the fucking aquarium skins in Valorant. I was like, hmm, I play Valorant They're maybe really once cool. every three months. And like, I was like, that's actually pretty sick. I really enjoy that. It's obviously very unique to myself. Um, but I'm sure a lot of other people would like that kind of shit. And I was also thinking like, Along the lines of my favorite games of all time, I'm like, okay, Rome Total War is fucking sick. I love that game. Maybe like some sort of Roman Colosseum like kind of vibe with gladiators. We've already got a gladiators doom skin. Why not just kind of go from there? Maybe Reinhardt's a fucking legionary cohort with a like a almost esque Roman shield same with Brig. That'd be kind of fucking sick. Um, and just kind of yeah, this is just me fucking rifting now. But yeah, I I hope they just do very distinct different seasons and you can tell exactly what season you got that shit from um yeah i haven't really got much else that people haven't already uh listed but there's some cool themes that i came up with this morning uh johnny we have two super chats by the way oh we do have two super chats all right uh do you want me all to right. read one, one of them oh one yeah yeah custer you read them you read them right yeah Welcome i'm producing to over here super chats. okay we got one from asterisk i think this was a while ago so this might uh we might have to go back a little bit so What's your take on Halo Infinite's battle pass system then? Once the pass is over, you can reselect it at a later date to level it up instead of the current one. Uh, this is something that uh, Dead by Daylight sort of did the same thing. Oh, well, maybe it's in a different way, but it's like, it's a cool idea. I like the idea of being able to go back because it's like Connor said, it incentivizes you to play the game. If you miss that battle pass, you can just go back, but you have to play the game to get there. I think it's a cool idea. Definitely something they could mess around with. So to, what would you get when you prestige it? Like the second time around? No, you don't prestige it. What happens no, is, let's say, back let's say I don't finish wins. the first season battle pass and the second season battle pass comes out. And then oh. for that, whatever reason, I play a ton. I finish the second season battle pass. I can go back and play the season one oh. battle pass because I finished the season two one. And then I can level that up and choose that. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. I think it hurts sort of the model of the idea that it's sort of like, the FOMO aspect of like incentivizing people to play right then. I think it's an, it's a good thing to get. Uh, as long as you base. buy it, you know. Yeah, if you're buying it. Oh well, I, yeah, I guess that's it. If you've bought it, then you should be able to complete it. Yeah, yeah. If you it. buy it, you should be able to. You yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. If there's if there's someone that starts playing Overwatch in a year for whatever reason, you know, maybe you know they. Yeah, if they start playing in a year, I want them to have the opportunity to buy the Season 1 Battle Pass. As long as you pay for it, you know, support the game. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, actually. I no, well, I, don't, I think they should be time-gated, though. It's a, You shouldn't be able to come back in. I don't think you should be able to join whatever and then buy a Battle Pass yeah. from, like, a year ago. But if you were there and you purchased the Battle Pass when it released, you should be allowed to complete it. Yeah. On your, you should if you, you logged on during the original whatever. battle pass. Right. Yeah, you should, you that's also a cool incentive as like a thing of like it justifies spending that ten dollars of like even if I can't yeah. finish it in nine weeks, I I I can't play that much Overwatch. I can yeah. spend my ten dollars and I know I can come back to it at a later time. Would you lock the mythic skin behind? You had to be there. Like you had to be. I think that that's what Costa talked about. Why I, mean, I think that's part of the benefit of time gating is that you because that, yeah. the reality is is like the part of the value of skins is exclusivity, right? Yeah. And like it doesn't yeah. mean that you shouldn't be like even if you don't complete within time, but you paid for the battle pass, right? You should be able to go back and complete it because you paid for the battle pass at the time. But you still have to be there to get the skin, right? You still should be able to be there because otherwise, what's the value of the skin? Is the thing. exactly yeah. That's kind so... of a you, that's kind of a fundamental point of like cosmetics is like for most cosmetics for like releasing them in a market side of sale or a battle pass system the value of them is the exclusivity and sure i think you can you should be able to complete them later i think it's a nice idea from the halo system but you should still be there to be able to access it initially yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Do you want to read the second super chat and then we'll move on? Second super chat was from uh, Arquiz. Arquiz? I don't know how to say that. This is literally only for Jack's idea. If my Gladskin Sigma had a voice line that said, Gladiators are rising, which is a call out to gravity and stonks, I'd lose my mind. And yeah, I think I completely agree. Like that's... Sure. If they, if they can... I think this is something that I hope Overwatch 2 does and, you know, hopefully with more money and resources that we'll get more cross... Uh, in-game cross with the Overwatch League and like... You know, shout outs to esports and that kind of stuff. They do it a lot in like Valorant and League of Legends. Like they should have an Overwatch League tab. They should be promoting the uh, the league when it's online. They should be doing all these kind of stuff. We've been asking for this stuff for years. Obviously, we've kind of been in a black hole of Overwatch One, but I hope they have the ability to go those directions. Uh, I, 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 I hate to be the be- devil's advocate again, but I think we're just like a different game and different community and different franchise. Johnny, as well. don't just... take this away from me. I... God damn it! Like <laughs> Look, we should I, be I, the I, same game. I we look at what Valorant doing i look at like how much emphasis they put in their esports and how collaborative they are and i'm like damn all right well you know i i I kind of agree with johnny's point because you look at things like valorant and it's like like that game is for competitive play it's extremely competitive extremely competitive and like looking at the other right titles like league of legends especially like way back in the day it wasn't you know it's kind of a game you can jump in with your friends and kind of fuck around um only if you've played for the last 10 years otherwise good luck because you have no champions but um i think overwatch is kind of in that same vein where it is a little bit more casual um than than things like valorant although i would love to take the idea of like in-game advertisements for the league like valorant does it was like oh the the champs banners and stuff like that they do the league legends now where they have the world cup banners like whoa holy shit oh not world cup fucking world oh my god no way there's worlds is on i would love that to be in the game too like you go down to downtown busan for example on the map and there's a ton of billboards already and you could have like a little overwatch thing there uh watch league thing that says oh um fucking summer showdown starts in three days or like has the dates yeah I, that kind of integration i would also really like because as much as as much as i'm i don't think it'll drive a shit ton of viewership it might inspire a couple of people to be like, oh shit okay that's that that's on i yeah, will say a I big think, lift right like it shouldn't be a big lift oh, just do that stuff yeah no, no put a button well, in the game I, that like sends you to the fucking overwatch league like no. servers and just says live when we're live like that's yeah, basic. No. technically I, something like that is literally just a texture like yeah. you you can reach out there's a lot more that goes on to it i definitely understand that especially with like legal and shit like that too we know how that can be um but Technically, it's just a texture, so yeah. it would be good to get some in-game advertising for the league, especially like around grand finals time, like playoffs. Like, dude, fucking slap that shit everywhere, whatever, wherever you can kind of fit it. I, I th- this is another conversation. We really have to move on because we gotta, we gotta. <laughs> be sure. But I, I, just got three hours. I, I do yeah. agree with you. I agree with you in a sense that I think in the current way of things, Overwatch esports, meaning Overwatch League, is like the closest gateway you Overwatch has for like a real world event or something cool going on in real life outside of the game that fans of the franchise and the game uh, and the game can be you know be motivated to attend or enjoy outside of playing the game themselves in that regard you know for example you know League of Legends they had like the the Netflix show and you know they have tons of other stuff going on that is like pop culture right and Fortnite for example you know whether it's like the Marvel stuff or Bringing in, you know, music artists and, you know, sports stuff, like there's some NFL partnership. I think 
Overwatch has nothing going of that kind currently. So Overwatch Esports is almost the closest we have to something going on on a real-life schedule that's not just locked to people playing quick play and fucking mystery heroes. Like, so in that way, yes, I'd like to see a way to, like, funnel people's interest into other areas of Overwatch outside of just playing the game themselves, and I think Overwatch is persist that. Anyway, you gotta move on. There's a oh, new fucking hero! Please. Please. No, shut up, Josh! There's a new hero! There's a new hero! Kiriko! There's a new hero! Um, <laughs> uh, th this just looks like an amazing hero, really. So, you know, we're going to talk about Kiriko, uh, announced, of course, for the Overwatch League playoffs later on. Um, and also we can discuss her kit a little bit. Uh, but first of all, just initial impressions, you know. Uh, we, we saw a bit of a gameplay kind of trailer. Um, it was announced during some, uh, some, some event in Japan, I think. And that's why, of course, she's a Japanese Tokyo hero. Game and so show. I think it was a local, yeah, a Tokyo, Tokyo game show. Uh, so first impressions uh, of Kiriko. Love, hate, uh, you know, anything goes, really. Um, I think she is super super sick i think her kit is really interesting something unlike any support that we've seen before like it is going to be it honestly it's probably the most support like hero like lucio that we've ever seen in terms of you will be moving around the map a lot and you're going to need to be moving i think she's going to be stupidly difficult um to play and i think it's going to take uh you know i i love all these gold players being like i want to play kariko it's probably for the best that you don't have kariko because i think she's <laughs> going to be a hard int off the bat when people first start putting their hands on her because you know we know the left click is like you're only really getting a ton of damage out if you're hitting headshots which looks like it's going to be quite difficult um and then you also need to be close to your teammates to heal them so you're going to need to be following everyone uh it, it'll be interesting she looks super fun i think her skill ceiling is going to be crazy high but i think her skill floor is also going to be very high which is going to be hard for a lot of people so i think realistically in the long run she'll be a hero that like some people specialize but i think most people won't play i think in general that's a good thing um we've talked about this in the podcast before where you do need entry-level heroes that are easier to play um still a little bit difficult to master you can take the old like mercy's you can take mercy as the kind of the perfect example she's pretty in in herself she's pretty basic to play you hold left click to heal people you hold right click to do damage boost you have a res and you have a uh, you have a glide but then came in like the skill aspect of it, pop in GA at the right time, your super jump to, which is easier now, um, but you know, still a skill, still a skill you need to kind of master. You can really tell like good mercies from like kind of beginner mercies where like their movement is, you're like, holy shit, how do I fucking hit this person? Like it's impossible. Um, having someone like Kiriko is kind of awesome to have that skill floor um, pretty high up. She looks fucking crazy. I think you can that it's going to take people a long time to get uh, used to her kit, especially what, like with the teleport and stuff like that. But god damn, when she is played well, especially has she what was it, John? It's like, oh, you've got it written here 3x crit headshot. You are going to see some pros just kind of go fucking crazy. Like, imagine Shu on this hero, his aim is already really fucking good. Imagine him just kind of like soloing and her ability to like solo DPS heroes is, is ridiculous. If you are good, if you are bad, then you're going to get rolled every single fucking time. But 
I, I love it. Um, I love the idea and I love the aesthetic too. I think it's, uh, I think it's fucking sick. The invulnerability thing is a bit sussy, I will say, <laughs> but it depends obviously on the cooldown like and like how long window. that lasts. And it's a skill yeah, shot, which is so great. I think that's going to be hard to like. You know, they showed it of like, oh, a slow rip tire coming towards me. Let me just slowly stand and shoot it down on the ground rip next to my three. Rip tire is the easiest units. fucking ability, bro, to dodge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can shoot that shit. Good rip tires obviously separate from bad rip tires, and there's very, but very rarely, especially in high rank games, do you get a rip tire actually succeeding unless it's fucking the J silly, you know. Hidden around the corner in your spawn doors, just hitting you with a rip yeah. car off spawn. So I, I, I want to hold my orders just a little bit here, because there's a lot of parts okay, sorry, about your sorry, kit sorry. that we probably should take a you know quicker look at. You know, custom mentioned, of course, there's a very high skill hero for a lot of different reasons. But I want to start out with the three times critical headshot. So it seems like the, the regular sort of like damage range thing is like pretty mediocre, like not a ton of damage, whatever. But the real the real reward is hitting the headshot, because then you get a three times multiplier rather than two times multiplier. Um, and that's where you make the real damage. Uh, I've asked you can chime in here as well. Do we think this is good for the game? Or do we think that the random element of this, for example, people unintentionally hitting headshots and just like, oh, I just fucking beam that guy and just <laughs> get owned. Uh, do we, maybe it's a bit too like scattershot-like where it's like you deal like a lot of damage in a burst that's not entirely predictable. Or do we think that this is just great? Like more skill-based heroes, especially supports, need to be added to the game. <laughs> more skill basing fuck the casuals <laughs> i mean like well the thing is but also the thing is the likelihood of obviously the likelihood i think it's very different than a scatter shot and there's less players on the field to randomly receive damage as well there's a lot more geometry in the map that is like people can utilize now and there's less players filling the map and also that means there's less likely that you're going to be randomly hit with spam too right like it's kind of like how it works in many ways when you have less bodies on the field too. So I like the direction overall with it. I think her kit is engaging. I think her kit's fun. I'm interested to see how strong she is um, moving forward. And like, obviously anything that's an invulnerability and can also cleanse, but not just cleanse like anti-heal as we can see with her summer kit, but you have the ability to cleanse like earth shatter no. So someone's like shattered. No, 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 no yeah, they actually came out and said that. Uh, oh, they fixed that. Shatter. That was it wrong. Was, it was like shatter, sleep, and that can't be cleansed. And a hack can't be cleansed from what I'm aware. Okay. How the fuck okay. can't you Can wake you up someone from sleep what? just to like give him a slap on the face? I like, think yeah, it's, okay. more, it's supposed <laughs> to be for like anti more than anything. I oh. think. Okay, great. Well, that's still okay. Fine. That's. I mean, honestly, that's actually that does that does make it a little bit more. I think that makes it a lot better because like the ability to give an invulnerability and also cleanse like a earth shatter would be a little strong, I think, or like cleanse a sleep, but because the invulnerability is already strong in itself. I'm glad that that they clarified that um, because that is, that was a little much for me, uh, but everything else about our kit, I'm interested. It's more so like, we're going to have to see it work in action because we've seen gameplay from the remi the newest developer blog. We've seen oh, some can't more come snippets. Sleep. Never mind. Oh, it can? Oh, it, it can. can okay. That's Me, it. when I spread That's misinformation it. on the yeah, internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I'm also Not just spreading math. it. Too. I got told by someone else, but yeah, I, that's fine. I know it doesn't cleanse everything. Um, but that's Okay, because I've definitely seen it definitely cleanse Nade, is what I've definitely seen it cleanse. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. We can add sleep to the list, supposedly. We can add sleep to the list. The Earth Shatter is apparently still off the table. Okay. 
what I'm but hearing from other originally, people, yeah. I thought I saw mm -hmm. gameplay that Earthshatter did get cleansed. Still, so I'm like, really? Oh. Okay, well, I could be talking about. I'm talking. I, from what I heard from other people, is that I heard that because they intentionally said on like the graphic that it said cleanse. It says cleanses most sources or something like that. And I was like, what doesn't it cleanse? And people came in and said it was like Shatter and Hack were like the two that they said. What's this on Reddit? No, this is my a much more reliable source of my chat. Twitch chat. <laughs> your Twitch chat. <laughs> but bro. I had multiple people confirming in my Twitch chat, which made me feel like they had a source. Uh, but you know, okay, well, let's just listen to a boss, and I'm gonna. Okay, well, all my so pretty much, so pretty much everything's on the table. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. this leads to a wider rant of how Overwatch Dev Team, please, for the love of God, elucidate your patch notes more. Like that's also like something I've been complaining about for six years now. Um, put numbers and put very specific. Well, we don't even have the Kiriko like actual things, do we? We don't have numbers. Well, that, have numbers, no. That that's that's the point. The point being, just be specific with your patch notes. I've been complaining about this for six years. Back when bare hands worked for Blizzard, I was yelling at bare hands about this. <laughs> so like, like I, I I've been complaining about this shit for six years. So that's a separate issue. It's like also actually in my put that tackle onto my wish list. Specific patch notes. When you say most things, most like cleanses most things. Tell me what the things it cleanses are when you say that. Just tell yeah. us. Um, now, beyond that rant, beyond that rant, now it's gone way off topic. I started to mold. No. Overall, I like the rest of her kit. I like the rest of her kit. I think it's really cool. It's engaging. Also, something that a lot of people brought up, I think that was specific, was like, so let's say theoretically, like, we're worried about, I think a lot of people are still worried about the power of like, like for example, like the specific heroes we have leading from Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2. So like Brigida, right? Brigida is still pretty much the only hero that was able to individually target like flanking dps really easily with her packs they showed in the newest developer blog that the way her her heal works is that you can actually throw it at your allies and the heal will follow them before they take damage and then once they take damage it will heal them which to me kind of fills that brigida pack role which is nice because it shows that they're already thinking about like here are some of the niches that these heroes that currently exist fill we need to solve that moving forward and Kiriko is already sort of solving that here with Brigida and being able to individually pocket your DPS flanks, um, which yeah. is nice because then it's like, okay, now Brigida is not a requirement to enable your Genji, to enable your Tracer, like to, to do a lot, to enable your Echo, right? Um, so that's already really great, I think, when I look at that design philosophy moving forward here when I look at Kiriko. I think her teleport could potentially be honestly Omega busted. Um, depending on how it works. Uh, so that's another point of concern I have with her, is that you can target ability allies through walls, what they show, and you can teleport to them. What's the... I don't exactly know the cooldown. I also don't know what the length of that is. Like, could I do it from across the fucking map? Like, let's say, for example... It's like uh. a hot, it, well, let's say, for example, like, we have, like, a tracer that flanks into the enemy team's spawn on, like, a King's Row or something, and then your Kuriko teleports to the back line with the tracer. Don't <laughs> think so. You know, like, it kind yeah. of feels like, I would say, length of, like, Mercy Beam, if I was told, like, everything that they've shown. So unless it's, like, much larger and they haven't shown it. Um, I, I agree with you. The, the thing that I think will determine if it's busted, when they've shown her using the ability, she does the thing where she, like, goes up and, she like, hovers, crosses right? her leg, and yeah. then she gets out and then she comes down. How long that animation takes to get into and out of will determine how like busted it is, right? If it's as seamless as a tracer blink, then that's gonna be crazy strong. But like if there's like a little bit of windup that it's you can't do it in the middle of combat, otherwise you'll give like a Cassidy like a free headshot or something like that. It'll really determine how strong I think that ability is. If they have a you know, like the stall when you get rezzed, 
as mercy you know when you're like you're golden you're like yeah. oh fuck like i'm getting rezzed and then you just kind of stood there for like half a second and you can't do shit and then you eventually come into your body um and then you start fighting again something like that i'm gonna have the exact length of, of time you're like in that little golden state but uh, something like that wouldn't be too bad to stop it from being yeah a literal fucking blink through the wall there has to be some level of uh yeah i mean it, it's a it's a cool engage to like hey i'm blinking forward to my teammate but if you start making it like really annoying where like you can disengage with it quickly without much punishment i think that's where you like really get into issues yeah. you know like teleporting like there's a high already, right like scott said she kind of gets up and crosses her legs yeah. and hovers well, or whatever the fuck it was and then she We'll have to see how it plays. I've asked once a definitive number. He wants, like, on the dot, like, how long it takes to channel this I, well, I mean, also, I just out. want you to tell me if it cl something cleanses stuns, what are the stuns it cleans? Which <laughs> ones does it not cleanse? Just tell us! Tell us! Yeah, more more numbers. Us. More numbers that we could get is, of course, from the ultimate as well. That seems, you know, crazy as hell, especially if you use it in a narrow corridor. Essentially, just, like, it creates, like, a highway lane for you to get movement speed, uh, attack speed. I don't know if it heals or whatever. Uh, we don't know any of this, but it seems... I saw this ability, and I was like, holy shit. It's an aerial Beyblade encourager, where it's like in the old Beyblade days, where it's like you get Nano gave movement speed and attack speed, and you just like Nano in your Reaper, and they just like fucking go ham. This is what I saw. Um, just like someone storming in um, as well, and just... Um, yeah, just right. storming in with your team and getting a, a attack speed and everything. So, we have another we super think? chat, Johnny. Someone puts in two dollars. Please, I beg of you to watch the dev update. Well, okay. we're, we're, we're doing a podcast over here. We're doing a podcast. We're, we're doing a podcast. You want us to just pause, seven watch minutes? a seven-minute developer seven update, minutes. and then seven just minutes. move on. This shit came out just before we started. We didn't have time. Okay, I understand we, you guys can watch it, but we can't just... We, we understand. Can't just... We literally just started the podcast. <laughs> like, we can't just, like, I, well, let's pause the podcast, guys. We're going to take seven minutes here. Uh, to Everyone watch. go take a seat, chill, yeah. We, right. There's probably a lot of information that came in the developer update in terms of our kit that would be appreciated. Thing. If you guys know that shit... Boom, go watch the developer update. You'll get the answer to the questions we're posing and we're talking about. But I literally just got a Discord DM from someone who works at Blizzard and it's like, hey, you guys should watch the dev update. And I'm like, <laughs> hey. All right, guys, I'm, I'm closing down the podcast. We're closing it down. <laughs> we'll be back in half an hour. No, I'm kidding. But we're not doing that. It, it, I mean, look. we could just spend seven minutes Maybe we just talk about compatibility. Maybe we just move on. Because if Maybe we just move on. Maybe the dev yeah. update changes a lot of this. We haven't, they, guys, we haven't watched it yet because of the fact that it released literally when we went live. So, yeah, this is just fuel, okay? If you want to hear our thoughts on the dev update, listen to podcast next next show, okay? We'll talk about it then, all right? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, give us a like. Give us a like news and a comment. then, Johnny. We need to break it. Uh, yeah, that's true. We need to break news. Um, you know, Counterpoint to Blizzard. Maybe maybe release the content earlier in the day, all right? You know? Maybe <laughs> release it at 8.30 a.m. Counterpoint's billion-dollar company. How about you release it around the Plat Chat podcast? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. We. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Okay. This is actually getting to a bit. Let's say. Anyway, it's fine. Let's it's move fine. On, Sorry, guys. We didn't watch the dev update, but it literally started like as we went live here on YouTube. Okay, and we apologize for not uh, lacking that critical information. Uh, there seems to be some cool concept art and cool art stuff, though. So if you're into art. Go, go, go check out the dev update and all that good stuff. All right, now I'm going to do something that everyone at Blizzard will hate. So, you know, if you don't, if you work at Blizzard, don't do this. Uh, don't, don't listen to the following minutes. All right, here's a fun little game for you. Let's play favorites. We got three new heroes coming out uh, at the game launch. We got Junker Queen, we got Sojourn. 
Um, and of course, we have Kiriko coming out. So we got three new heroes coming out at the same time for us to play. And uh, I, I want us to pick favorites here. Which of the three is our favorite okay. and why? Here it could be go. everything. It could be here the lore. It could be the kit. It could be the fact that you're a support everything. player and there's a support character coming out. So you could be excited about that. But which one is your favorite when it comes to everything about the hero? Okay, well, here's, it's first, so obvious. It, well, okay, here's it's not. Okay, Jack, Jack is biased. It is 100% Kariko, and I think most no. people would agree with us as well because we have had more information and, you know, there we've had more cinematics. There's been more cool things. There's been a lot of updates. So I think there's more reasons for people to be attached to Kariko. Um, obviously, you know, Sojin's a really cool character um, and, like, you know, they all are, but I think Kariko is just... In my opinion, I think people are just... It was also recency bias. I think a lot of people are going to go for Kariko, but I think she has the coolest lore out of all. Uh, as much as Junker Queen has her exactly. own cinematic, I don't think people are going to attach to that as much as they are Kariko. So I think you're yeah, actually you think wrong. I think you're one fucking wrong. spore brain thinks that far back? No, it fucking doesn't. Kariko looks sick. Music in the little trailer thing was fucking sick. She's a support. Your boy's a support. How many support players in this call right now? Oh my God, I there's count three. three support players I count in this call. Three. We need yeah. some fucking damage. Yeah. Last back is up. It's Kariko. Stay molding. Stay molding. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I my main complaint was that there's way too many DPS heroes already. So I Sojourn's already off the table because like we needed supports and we needed tanks. Uh, on top of that, Jungle Queen's quit kit. Honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, like we, and then I saw it wash in action. I was like, ooh, this is not inspiring me. <laughs> now, Kariko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's inspiring me. <laughs> that's inspiring me. So, so, I mean, here's I, where so, yeah, you, okay. you guys are all fucking wrong. All right. Kiriko oh, is the worst of the three heroes that are coming worst. out. The worst. What? I am less excited about Kiriko than any of the two other heroes. Sojourn is the best damage character in the game. She's cool as heck. She's from Canada. Her, her, her gun is, is arguably the coolest gun. The rail gun is phenomenal to use. Her slide is just like an amazing throwback to like the old arena shooters like Quake and what have you. I think Sojourn's freaking awesome. Junker Queen has the best lore of the three okay established world junker town it's a map in the game we already have junkrat okay the cinematic comes out she literally fights to earn the crown of junker queen the the song you remember the song that was with the animated short as well like they literally got some australian like punk rock band to do like some junker queen song she has a cool ass kid she swings a fucking axe and she has like a rampage like she charges it not only is it rhino charge but she charges in puts anti-nade on everybody in the team and does like bleed damage junker queen is the coolest one surgeon number two kariko oh, is the johnny, worst of the three is, characters johnny's a fucking normie johnny's just a British normie you know like, he just he hates anime exactly. he hates he hates cool things he hates like but that also sounds like, cool on paper but it doesn't work out that way like in the actual game it's not as fun like literally you just said like in the manga as Junker Queen. That's yeah, really what you're Like in the true, manga, though. Junker Queen's is cool. But like this is what it's in the game. She Junker swings an axe. Kiriko has fucking playing cards. She's playing you know. Teleported for nah. axes at people, and you have like an nah. anime no, fox just... that like runs at people. You can't say that's nah. not cooler the than fox a fucking is not... axe. Okay, if the fox was more integrated, I'd be down with you. But the fox just runs away. It's like I'm sending my fox in, and we run after it. Yeah, and you chase after them. Isn't that that's everyone's dream? Cool. Make it yeah, a pet. Make it a companion. True. You know, like a like a pet. You could like attack fox or something. Yeah. They'll probably do a companion hero at some point. I don't know. Tank players be like... Teleport, very original ability. We can get Yumi and... 
Overwatch. You mean you mean Overwatch? <laughs> I, I okay. I will say we haven't tried Kariko yet, but I agree with Johnny's point on Sojin that he she is one of the Sojin most Overwatch badass. heroes that have like come out yeah. in a very long time. She's just very fun to play. She's very old school FPS games. Sojin's Sojin's honestly, all the heroes are great. I think they're doing a great job. They Fuck, are releasing right cinematics. Answer. I'm starting to feel things again. Like I was watching this most recent like cinematic that came out from them, like the the one that they just animated, and I'm like, man, it feels feels like 2016 again when they were just pounding out content and everything was just making me feel something on the inside so if they can keep this up i we're, we're gonna be good all right yeah. fucking weebs in the call anyway moving on we got uh <laughs> announced for the overwatch league 2022 playoffs and also we have details announced for the uh, overwatch league 2022 playoffs as well um it will be held in anaheim over the course of uh, a week i suppose to this um here in california so it'll be close and nearby it'll be like a, a 30 minute drive from our watchpoint truck or whatever i don't know it'll probably be somewhere on there i don't know put us in the anaheim parking lot or something i don't know uh anyway krikos uh, confirmed to that and obviously this stirs up a lot of conversation because we've never had a normal fucking playoffs that is actually like competitive integrity 2018 it was like let's have flex support players play Rodog and tracer 2019 it was yeah, let's introduce sad. sigma 2020 it was like hey let's change the meta just for the sake of changing the meta and then we had Rodog meta once more 2021 last year uh that was pretty normal was i suppose good. yeah 2021 yeah, good, good, good job anyway but We're now Hawaii, though, which kind of sucked sorry we were in Hawaii, though, which kind of sucks. Yeah, well, you know, we had global competition, you know, after, you know, I was in Hawaii. Hawaii was fucking lit. I love Hawaii. It was lit. Yeah, yeah. but no, not the viewers in <laughs> Europe. Who's complaining about East being in Hawaii? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I'd rather be at a, at a stadium with fans. That's exactly. all what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, of, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, some of the LCS events uh, have looked pretty cool in in america this past one in america but we're having a stadium too this year anyway kiriko's being uh, confirmed of course kiriko's a new hero um and she's just coming in for the playoffs uh, like two weeks after so you know i want to give my five cents quickly on this first though i think the situation five. is holy five. shit five. One, oh, one cent two cents five cents i got a <laughs> lot of fucking cents on this bad boy you can put so many yeah here. exactly yeah i think this time it's different though that's is my take going into this one because well, I think if you th shut up, <laughs> if you go back and look at the previous like playoffs, I think it's been it, it's been pretty unnecessary. Like the balance changes and you know maybe even introducing Sigma or whatever, it's been unnecessary at the current state of the game. Um, and I think like changing the patch just for like changing the patch, that's what really just like that that's what really like frustrates me. Like we we want to finish on like a good note. But because we have Overwatch 2 coming out in like two weeks, um, people will already be playing this new hero. They'll be playing it for quite a while, to be honest. You know, the hero will be out, been out at the time of the start of playoffs for like a few weeks already. So it will be like part of the game and you want the Overwatch esports experience to match the game experience. So this time around, I acknowledge that it's not like the most competitive integrity related choice here to introduce a new hero just in time for the playoffs. But the fact is, the pros will have the opportunity to play this hero and practice this hero outside of the league for a few weeks leading up to the playoffs. Um, and I think this needs to happen for the sake of the viewership and like the Overwatch League playoffs feeling relevant to all the new viewers coming in with the release of Overwatch 2. So my, my, my thoughts on Kiriko being announced is like, I understand that some people might be upset about this, but I think it's unnecessary evil, as Custa mentioned earlier. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the big thing of like, in the past, as you said, I've, I've been very vocal about how playoff patches are just like shit, as you said, because it, it feels like they were doing them for no reason. Yeah. But this one, I agree with you. I think none of the players are complaining that Kariko is going to be in there. I think everyone wants to get their hands on like the live patch. If anything, it sucks that we're not going to get her in earlier 
Um, but obviously they're not going to add Kariko and that kind of stuff in the middle of a stage when we have no idea what her balance is like, right? She is, she is the, think about where Sojin and Junker Queen started when they first got added to the game. They were not in a good spot in terms of balance wise. So there's going to need to be a little bit of time to work out that balance. Uh, so I think it, it'll work out well. An important note as well, Sean Miller confirmed this, that the play-ins will be on the patch that we're going to play the Countdown Cup in. So that will not be the Kariko patch and that kind of stuff. The playoffs, like that, you know, that final week event will be the only time that we actually have the uh, the Kariko in it. So it'll make it interesting. Hopefully a lot of people will tune in to see the best players in the world mess around with this hero. Um, so I'm excited for it. I do just... I'm dicking around on Johnny, okay? Look, I'm fucking around with him. But You're what? At the end of the day... I'm, di I'm dick okay. around you fucking boys. Yeah. We're going to dick around tonight, Connor. What are you saying? Yeah, we um, are. Yeah. I do think it's the perfect time to put it in. Plus, like you said, Scott, the game and Kariko would have been out on live servers. So, like, the pros have a lot of time to play the hero that's not in scrims. Like, we've seen recently with Junker Queen, it's like, well, they can play the game, but like no one else can. So they can't really play ranked. They can set up like games with themselves, but that isn't always as successful as you kind of would hope it would be. So in essence, like, yeah, it is the perfect thing for uh, the Overwatch League to move into in terms of playoffs. I d there definitely will be people that complain, but like, honestly, marketing wise, it's kind of perfect. Yeah, you of course you want to see really good fucking support players play Kiriko. And if she is a little bit overtuned, uh, then great. I don't think she's going to be as like meta-defining as like Junker Queen. Junker Queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think um, she's going to enable a style of play. Even if she exactly. is like a mega busted, I don't think she's going to do what Junker Queen. And Junker also Queen has much steeper learning curve. Literally the biggest, yeah. is one of the biggest enablers it, that we've had in like quite a while to the point where it's like formed it. It does remind me, obviously complete opposite, designs of heroes but it reminds me of brig and like it enabled so fucking much that resulted in a meta that was oh just these six heroes just these five heroes you know so even if she is a little bit busted which in general a lot of things are when they're uh, initially released i don't think it's a, a bad thing and i don't think it will force like hard force a meta and if it does her kit already looks like it's going to be super fast paced and just like go 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 fuck people up um it might enable some cool heroes anyways so uh We'll see. We will see. All right. I mean, I think if you're worried about uh, competitive integrity for this season, you're in the wrong game, pal. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, you're in the wrong game, pal. Like, literally, I've already said it. Like, this is just like Mickey year, Mouse season. Man. Yeah. I, I don't call him Mickey Mouse, okay? That's his friend. People, his friends with Mickey call him Mickey. It's Michael Mouse. <laughs> Michael Mouse. Okay. All right. All right, Michael let's move forward. Sure. All right. Uh, I, I do want to quickly uh, talk about the Overwatch uh, playoffs sort of, you know, uh, things going on in this topic as well. Obviously, it was announced that I said that it's going down in Anaheim um, over the course of a week or so. They also announced the playing details that we already knew, of course. That was that the top three teams in the APAC region, they will directly qualify for the playoffs and then they'll have uh, a play-in for spots four, five and six in APAC. And then I believe in the West as well. I mean, I should know this. It's top six that directly qualifies. And then there will be a play-in uh, for seven, eight, nine. I think it's 10 as well. Uh, for two remaining spots in the West as well. Um, for 12 total teams. 
So I did see uh, a comment, of course, and I wanted to bring this up because I think it's an interesting question. Uh, Valorant Champions, you know, concluded this past weekend as well, and that, that event took fucking forever. It felt like, you know, Josh and Brent, they lived in Istanbul for like, a, like month a month straight. You can see there all the tweets, like, them passing out. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially a month. Absolutely yeah. insane. insane. I, I feel like there's a middle ground here, um, and this relates to the mid-season manners as well, that, I mean, me and Custa worked on. It was a marathon of a week. There were so many games, yeah. so much content, and it didn't help as well that the time zone wasn't really accommodative to you know viewers in the east coast us or europe as well um well how would how would we structure the perfect playoffs format would we like to see something longer that perhaps like separate some kind of like group stage action for a week and then you have like a like a sort of like a playoffs you know single limb maybe going down to the arena whatsoever how long do we want our best case playoffs to be and how we would like to see it formatted do we think there's a better way here i i think for the ultimate finals right like for that kind of stuff i I wish in a perfect world that we could do a two-week thing where I would love if maybe the planes were a bigger deal in terms of maybe only 18, like maybe uh, they send all 16 teams here, but only eight teams make it into the final week playoff. So it would be like a five-day event in the planes and that kind of stuff. People play, there's a lot of matches and then there's like a two to three-day break. And then you have like a four-day, 18 gauntlets where people, there's a double, uh, double elimination bracket and you go longer down the line. The reason, like, that's perfect world, but as Avar said, we're in a, we're, it's a weird season. And I think expecting that all of a sudden, if you double the length of these tournaments, all these teams, all these, uh, you know, this, you know, the venue, all that kind of stuff, you're doubling the amount of cost it's going to cost at least. And everything starts scaling up pre proportionally. Like people are like, oh, why don't they just do what like Champs did? They just had a one month event in Istanbul, right? Like that, that would have been super, super expensive for for them to run this and i just don't think overwatch league is there i think it would be nice to have something bigger but also the difference that the overwatch league has to events like that is we have a regular season like we're not like these other events where they, everyone has their own little regionalized things that they all play online with like a couple of you know regionalized land events we have a whole regular season so we don't need to do a lead up week as well so i don't think it's the worst thing in the world obviously it would be cool if we did longer events and you know, bigger, you know, two-week type things, but I don't think it's necessary for the Overwatch League, especially where we are right now. All right, I have a bit of a naive opinion here. A naive opinion here first. When people say that it's too expensive to run these long tournaments, are we just, like, actually giving excuses for, like, the organizers yes. to not put on, like, a great event? Wouldn't... Because in, as it relates to this conversation that I brought up on the podcast, I am asking, like, what would be the most epic possible playoffs imaginable for the overwatch league what would be the coolest fucking thing ever cost not implied i think that you know the one month event that the vct just put on that's like way too long like no i don't want a month way thing too long, yeah, way yeah. too long but i wouldn't mind having like a a, 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 a more a more epic kind of feeling to the play-ins like you mentioned for example where, yeah, I mean, we, we could have games on stage and, might, like, maybe in an arena. Uh, it, it could be, like, champs had as well, where it's, like, played on stage, but not necessarily an audience tied into it. You don't have to sell tickets, etc. But more, like, epic games leading in to the actual playoffs itself. So, I, I please, guys, like, don't, don't tell me that, like, oh, it, it's too expensive. The cost is too high. They will never do it. We're talking, theoretically, what would be the most epic playoffs format possible for us or imaginable for us? Also, have asked anyone? 
Well, I, uh, my, my, mine would be that two-week thing. I don't think you'd want to do past two weeks for the exact reason of Jeff. Yeah, two weeks plus sounds a little bit of, like fucking crazy. And I don't fucking know. With like cost in, without cost in mind, I mean, what you ship all the, the, you'd ship like the APAC region, the Asia region to the States, play them in Anaheim convention center and then just have everything like on land with a crowd like yeah i mean maybe that's a, a little bit too long as well or you do the champs route or not the, yeah the champs route where you don't have like a crowd per se but you it's just the first bit no crowd then the last bit uh you'd have a crowd and a big fucking playoffs bonanza and shit like that um yeah i don't really know i'm gonna be real um i'm so fucking glad gonna be honest with you so glad i don't do uh scheduling or Calling out player formats because that shit goes way over my fucking head. Do you, I, do you think the issue is Johnny? Because that is actually interesting because I remember seeing these comments after the midseason madness of a lot of people said that there was just so much viewer fatigue. So it, maybe it was too many matches over thing. Could you just spread that out with maybe like a day break here and there with like, you know, there's like a sort of thing. So you can play the same number of matches. You just sort of spread it out a little bit more and you add more stuff like in the middle of it. Yeah, because I mean, it comes down to, I think, that the, the playoffs. I think it's a good point that, like, I think the playoffs and the midseason managed tournaments, they were sort of, like, rushed, you know? Yeah. Like, they were rushed through in a very quick manner. Like, people just can't consume that amount of content that quickly. And it also doesn't, it also doesn't, you know, help making the playoffs feel, like, special when we're just, like, rushing through these matches. Like, no one's going to give a shit. And maybe, you know, the right answer could also be, I'm, I'm open to the other way of looking at things, that, like, maybe a lower bracket match shouldn't feel that special but you know in, in a dream world i'd like to imagine that a lot of fans if given the opportunity and if made special could be very incentivized to care for and be very interested in like making time for watching a lower bracket round where perhaps their favorite team is on the brink of elimination if they're given time to like prepare for it and like schedule for it and like look forward to it and the setting helps with that too like putting them in arenas you know i would even be down for for example to have like as you said like a one weekend where you're in an arena and you just do the play and stuff and like maybe you make a special so like top four west qualifies directly for the playoffs but then you have like six teams battling for the final four spots or something like that and i think people would show up for that I'd like to believe, and maybe this is naive of me, that like people, even though it's just a play-in weekend tournament thing, like Toronto, we just had the homestead in Toronto or whatever, people would show up for that play-in tournament because it's LAN Overwatch in their city and they want to go watch Overwatch Live or whatever. And it also gives like an extra oomph to like the feeling of the playoffs. And then a week later, you could have the actual playoffs and make it even more epic or whatever. I just, I, I just I kind of found it interesting how... People make the argument that some of these tournaments are too rushed and it's not setting the stage properly and it's not feeling as epic as some of us want it to be. I think so. the viewer fatigue point is a little bit more nuanced than it is on the surface of things. I think the viewer fatigue, especially recently, is a lot of it's down to the meta. Or at least, I wouldn't say all of it. Maybe like half of it. Um, I mean, the, 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 the mid-season madness it, meta was very good. Yeah, that is very true. We do, you do hit a point though where, and you see this with every kind of esport, is that at the very beginning of the year, that's majority when you have the most viewership, and it does start to flag near the middle, then goes down and then goes up again when playoffs and like grand finals and all that kind of shit around that kind of uh time and date. I just don't think, especially last meta, we had um the game in the best spot it could be because we only had the Junker Queen comps and like Florida fucking Mayhem were the only team trying other shit. 
Um, it was like, oh, who, who's going to run? Are they going to run Ash? Are they going to run Sojin? Oh, that's crazy. Like, I don't think um, it really helped, especially in the last tournament. I think Geo Fatigue set in more so because of, uh, of the point in which the meta was in. Yeah. I, I also don't think any any esport has worked out the viewer fatigue issue, especially as these leagues start trying to do these like stupidly long tournaments. You know, like Worlds was probably one of the first ones to do it with their crazy long um, group stages and that kind of stuff. Like I just had it with Champions. Of I watched a lot of the first Champions matches that happened. I watched a bunch of group stage, but then I, after a while, I was just like, I can't keep up with it, and I just fell behind. And then I watched the last couple of games that happened in Champs, and I think there is no perfect answer to it just yet. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think anyone's really cracked the code. Yeah. Dude, even to be fair, you look at meat sports, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, the regular season games that are played in the middle of the year, uh, there's people watching them, but there's not as many as like at the very start because everybody's super excited. Oh, brand new season of American football, of like uh, British football, like UK soccer or whatever the fuck, um, you know. And then towards the end of the season, it's like, oh shit, the playoffs, the fucking championship games. And then everybody kind of gets back into it. I, yeah. I don't think dude you can relate this to so many shit so much shit like even tv shows it's like oh the season's like 50 fucking episodes there's a lot at the start there's a lot in the end and in the middle there's probably not as many people watching because viewer fatigue does set in i think you know well this is dude yeah if you want a really fucking meta discussion the attention spans of people have gone down dramatically over the last like few years so you know, if you want to get into the nuance of it all. Yeah, I mean, it's true to say, and like literally all the analytics in every Overwatch League season has, you know, determined this, that like usually around stage two or mo most, you know, catastrophically, like stage three is like usually when the worst viewership is for Overwatch League. So when people doom post in stage three, it's very like predictable that that's Same going to be the, every the year. phase. Every year, every year. That's every year. Yeah. Um, jokes, yeah. But I guess I'm making the point that like... Every game. That, like when we recover towards the end of a season and we get closer to the playoffs i want that to like be dragged out a little bit to make it feel more epic like the conclusion to the season rather than just like hey we're doing play-ins and then we're doing a weekend on and then we're done see you later because that's what we got this year i also think too many people are talking about like the format and that kind of stuff of the league and stuff like that it's like reality of why we are here right now is you know obviously the youtube hurt a lot of our viewership and stuff like that but overwatch is not a successful game right now we are playing on a game that no one's able to play overwatch one has not had content in years our player base is the lowest it's ever been by a ridiculous level right like format is not going to drastically change that either so it's like there's so many things that are going against it and i like the idea of like trying to talk about the format because i think there's so many other things that you can blame but we can definitely refine the format and i think the overwatch league regular season is something that i think i would also think needs a look at of like there's just it's such a long season and it feels like people lose interest and there's not enough crucial events through it that bring enough people back right now and that's why you see you know the graphs of like everything by stage three the playoffs are stage three people just don't care regardless of how good the meta is obviously we just had a shit meta it always is just a point where people just stop caring about the league because of how consistent and how long it runs that's a really interesting point, Scott, because I think in the grand scheme of things, it's probably the best position it's been in. Because look at season one and two, bro. How many fucking games did people 40 play? games per team in season Jesus one. Jesus Christ. 40. I remember in, yeah. in, even in 2020, I remember joining the league, fucking, you know, fucking around with Hex and shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Jack. 
No, Jack's deep in thought. You're, you're, he's you're, here. Uh, the moment's going to come. You're still here. Yes. Oh, uh, he's no. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you still had to do, even on the co-stream of us as well, it's like, oh, fourth fucking game, and me and Hex are like, we, oh, it matters. Like, third, 20 years down the line, it matters, because remember, the map points and shit like that. Um, so in general, I think what we have right now, yeah, still, it's a long season, but we have games, a tournament. So what's exciting? Games, tournament, what's exciting? You know, it's way better than what we had previously. No map fucking fours that mean almost fucking nothing. No 40 game seasons. So yeah, it definitely can still be refined. I 100% agree. You're probably not going to be able to solve view of fatigue. No one's figured that out yet. But um, it's like a little bit of hopium there. I think it's good the way we have yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, less I, tournaments though. I, I think the current season less. format is actually fantastic. You know, kickoff clash, mid season madness was. One of the sickest Overwatch League tournament ever, and I like I, I can't wait for that to return. I think this Countdown Cup is a bit, you know, like hey, you know, we, you know, we, we don't yeah, care about this. No Countdown Cup tournament. This tournament is gonna really yeah. work yeah. very well. It's gonna suck. I, I hope that people are just excited because you know Overwatch Two is coming out or whatever. But to, to make the point, I think the current format is way better than anything we've ever had before. I'm yes. just concerned about uh, the, the playoffs specifically here. And uh, look, I've talked to like some some people that work on like sports TV and shit, and like I explained to them like, oh, we have you know stage tournaments, like four tournaments with. Year and they're like their minds are like, <laughs> like whoa you have middle of the season tournaments like we're in a great spot i just wish our playoffs was a bit more epic and less rushed through but it's a great conversation guys uh so you know. I didn't even contribute to the conversation. Yeah usually comes in with a banger at the end yeah so exactly uh yeah i mean playoffs playoffs gonna fucking suck i mean honestly like <laughs> they like i i think that right. like there's no grandeur to it. There's like no fanfare at all. It's going to be an international land and like what? Only two of the match days are even able to be viewed in person? Like what? <laughs> I mean, come on. Like it kind of fucking sucks. Like like it's it's it feels like for our first big event, honestly, like sure, we've had land events. This is our first real international event that's going to be happening for the whole year, supposedly, right? And we can't get people inside the venue. We can't, and like, we're going to have to crush all the games together. We can't even fly in all the competing teams. Like, compare the grandeur to it, to the grandeur of like a champs, right? And You it's can't just compare not... those things though. Like, you can't. We, we are I, a league that gets yeah. 30,000 viewers on no, YouTube. No, I know, I know. But the point being, the point like, being, it's not about, it's not about saying we have to have the same scale. It's more so saying like, we should pro, like, ideally, would it be nice to have like all the teams compete on LAN? Like, that doesn't require us to necessarily... It doesn't necessarily have to even have viewers in it. Like, I'll Well, what's the point of like, having a regular season, then? Like, what are we doing if we have a regular season and just everyone qualifies at the end? To, to, to but not, play I'm not, I'm not saying everyone's qualified. I'm saying for the people, for the play-ins. The play-ins, specifically. Like, oh, all you the want play the play-ins to be on I land. I want right, the play-ins right. to be on land, leading to a playoffs on land for right, all the right. teams. That's what I want. I want a play-ins on land with the playoffs on land. And, like, I would like to be there to be some more games where, like, people can watch them, right? But I understand maybe that's not feasible. I'll... I'll compromise on like not being it, people not being able to watch all the games, but I do think at least the play-in should be on land and the playoffs should be on land, and everyone should be at the same. When level. you say land, do you mean in person or in a with, single, with viewers? With like in person, like I have all the teams there competing in a single venue. If we allow viewers, great. If not, whatever, we can save it for later. But the main point is, I want all the teams in a single location competing for play-ins and playoffs. Okay, that's. I, I think that's fair. I think in a perfect yeah, world, play-ins teams would be there as well. I think that's yeah. sort of, and that would go into the two-week event of like you do the play-ins and then you do this stuff. I also think like the thing that we haven't brought up that is like 
really shitty with what is going on with the playoffs that sort of needs to be spoken about is that our grand finals are happening on a Friday. Uh, yes, obviously, all- there is yeah. there is obvious understanding there with uh, worlds around the corner and it, it's happening in North America. So it's like if it was happening in, you know, like China, like it happened last year, I think it was, it would make sense because like that's happening overnight and then we can play during the day. But trying to compete with worlds would be like a death sentence. But it has put us in this like really shitty spot of, Having a finals on a Friday, people can't, you know, we have, you said two live uh, attendance days, right? It's Thursday and Friday. Like there's yes. a lot of people that just work that can't yeah. come to that kind can't of event. And all of a sudden we have, we cut out a large a part of our audience because we have to coordinate with someone else. That was a really unfortunate miss by the league. And we are by no means like, you know, when I'm sort of giving them a pass of like, you know, I was saying like, oh, this is just where we are. We shouldn't be there. And I'm hoping, as Far said, this is the hopefully the last year that we're sort of at this point. But in the future, we need to be in a better spot and things need to need to be moving in the right directions. We need to be having better things. If we want to compete with these other esports, we need to be pushing ourselves in the right direction. Hopefully Overwatch 2 and having a successful game behind it will be the catalyst for that. So yeah, that's my opinion. Is playoffs feels insanely underwhelming in the current format. Uh, and like Scott said, the scheduling is not very good either. So, like, I think it's that's my personal opinion. Now, I'm gonna be happy that we're getting an international LAN. Yeah, I'm happy for that. But like, so I am. I am like the one piece. The one piece is real. Like, hooray! Like, so like, awesome. But I don't think that it's just an underwhelming um, announcement in terms of like the greater landscape. But I do understand why we're here. Where we're at. But just because I understand why I'm starving doesn't mean I'm not angry. I'm starving. You know, I'm still anger. So, like, that's my current opinion mm. on the current playoffs. All right. I think that was a great conclusion. Avas came in. Here's some clutch threes on fire. Just finish Classic. up the segment for Classic. us. You'll love to see it. Yeah. Uh, so, let's move on to the Countdown Cup itself. We did a great job covering the new stuff, the new announcements this past week. But we got a new stage starting this week as well. It will be the final stage of the year in the regular season. No tournament. Just planes afterwards. The regular season games will matter for some teams. Seeding and that kind of stuff. Um... So let's start with uh, you know the patch the patch itself. Um, patch notes are not out yet, uh, so we actually don't have confirmed word on the the, the actual patch notes and will it be. The, the, yeah. There was a leak last week, <clears throat> and then it seemed like there's I contenders. Cast in two days, by the way, I'm Con- casting on Thursday. Would like to know the patch notes. That would uh, be great. <clears throat> contenders is playing on. Some patch, and then Avril came out and tweeted as well. That's like, this, this is some, some patch. I don't know. I have not been on social media for the past seven days. But uh, is it safe to assume that the leaked patch notes seems to be... We are, Johnny, I'm cutting you off. It's ridiculous that we don't have a patch notes yet when the tournament is happening. How is anyone supposed to yes. hype up these kind of things? Teams, players, fans should all know what patch notes are. We are running with the assumption that the patch notes are right. Uh, and I think we should just run with that because that's the... Logical thing to do at this point because there has been nothing else that's come out. All right, do you, you, all right. Let's, let's just fucking run with it because I promised last week that we would have a conversation about it when when the, the word was out. The the, the, the leaks are out. Uh, we don't usually talk about rumors on this podcast, but Brent's not here, so we, we let's talk about rumors. The patch notes. Uh, assuming that the leaked patch notes are the real ones, what do we think uh, we're heading towards in the next meta? Joe seems pretty dead. All right, I'm just going to read them someone through. Link, someone right. link me. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Well, I, I don't know. Google it. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, just read. Uh, Stores, just read. Google. General. <laughs> Temporary health now grants 50% reduced ultimate charge instead of no ultimate charge. Um, I haven't really thought this one through. Who knows? Batiste. Biotic launcher primary fire damage increased from 24 to 25. Biotic launcher primary fire minimum follow-up range from 20 to 25. Bastion. Ironclad passive is enabled again. 20% damage reduction while transformed. And Brigitte, Inspired Duration reduced from 6 seconds to 5 seconds. Diva, Booster's Impact Damage increased from 10 to 25. So that's actually quite a significant booster impact damage. Uh, Micro Missiles cooldown reduced from 8 to 7 seconds. Call Mech Ultimate Cost reduced from 12. I guess that's when you, your baby, little baby Diva, and you try to build that up. Junker Queen Commanding Shout. Here we go. Allied Health Bonus reduced from 100 to 50 HP. And Allied Duration reduced from 5 to 3 seconds. So a big nerf when it comes to the health you grant to your team and the duration stays there. Temporary health no longer decays over its duration. So it's just a flat. Just a flat 50 that you give to your allies over the course of 3 seconds. And the cooldown has been increased from 11 to 15 seconds. So commanding shout, getting nerfed quite a bit. Moving on, Orisa. Base health increased from 250 to 275. And base armor increased from 250 to 275. So um, a 50 sort of health armor buff to Orisa there combined. Energy Javelin. That's the new spear ability she has. Cooldown reduced from 8 to 6 seconds. Reaper has had his Hellfire shotgun spread reduced from 8 to 7 degrees. Fucking degrees in patch notes? I have no fucking idea. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sojourn. <laughs> Railgun energy gain from non-player targets. So barrier turrets reduced by an additional 50%. It was busted as hell. Um, before it got tuned down a bit. And now tuned down even more. And then finally Sombra with a bit of buff here. Hack ability lockout duration increased from 1 to 1.75 seconds. So quite a big change to the manual Sombra hack here. But then also, you know, most notably the Junker Queen commanding shout has been nerfed quite significantly. So it seems like we're out of the woods. We're no longer Jotes meta. If these patch notes are true, it seems like we won't be playing Jotes. And uh, I haven't watched Contenders, but I think they're playing like some Sombra stuff there. So is it safe yeah. to assume that we'll have a decent meta on our hands in Counter Cup if this is true? Yeah, so I think it's Korean Contenders has been playing on this new unknown patch. Um, and most importantly, Junker Queen is not being played. Uh, if you look at those nerfs, like... It just heavily hurts her commanding shout. It only lasts for three seconds now. Only gives 50 health. Cooldown's much longer. It's just drastically worse, so it seems to have taken that away. What people seem to be going towards is actually a surprising amount of Sombra. Uh, obviously, one of the issues with Sombra with a one-second hack is you hack them, and then they're unhacked like almost immediately, so they just use their abilities to kill you. So it seems like people are going back towards Sombra, which will be a big thing in the East. I would absolutely see them leaning onto that. Um, the one that's surprising to me that I haven't seen as much in contenders that I was expecting more from was the Reaper. Uh, the Hellfire shotgun spread reduced from eight to seven. I'm pretty sure it was seven. It might've been six, but it might've been seven in the alpha. And people were Reaper like- Reaper was crazy. People were playing a ton of Reaper and yeah. Reaper was really, really strong. And they made the spread eight and everyone was like, ah, it's just not his, his damage of his shotguns with that change is just way more inconsistent and especially against big targets. So I would actually expect to see, if I was taking a stab at the meta, I would actually expect to go back to the kickoff clash Dallas Fuel meta. I actually don't have any insight to this. I haven't talked to any coaches or anything like that yet, but I think Zaya, Reaper, Sombra, Lucio, Anna would be my first stab at uh, what I would try if I was a coach. Yeah, uh, I think meta-wise, um, to me, I think 
The thing about Reaper as well is that you also have to correspond to this with the fact that I think a lot of teams, uh, I think a lot of teams also in like the alpha were still figuring out how to play like 5v5. And so in terms of like how you do your positioning and where you take your fights, like Reaper is really strong because he's such a simple hero to initially bust out and learn. And also, like you said, the, the degree change, like Reaper was really strong on that current patch. I don't think Reaper, I wouldn't be surprised to see Reaper come back out though. But also there's a lot more chance that Reaper won't be as strong that if teams feel more inclined to run like D.Va. Because um, then like you have a lot more abilities to lock down Reaper than you did before because D.Va wasn't really meta at all in earlier iterations of Overwatch 2. Um, the D.Va changes are nice as well. Yeah, exactly. So like if teams are more inclined to run D.Va, then like Reaper loses some value there, I think. Also on top of that, um, on top of that too, like, who knows like how this will synergize moving forward, but this is the patch notes without Kiriko. Um, obviously, this is just the non-Kiriko patch. Um, so to me, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing I'm pretty much I see my I see Sombra. I see Sombra, I see Zarya, and I see like Winston. Like I think like all those fast comps are gonna be really strong. I mean, yeah, pe pe people have been trying to make Sombra work the entire season, it almost feels like because she feels a niche. Yeah. And now with this this hack duration thing. Supposedly, I mean, she, it would give even more reason to teams to, to, to try to make Sombra work and experiment with her. So I think regardless, you know, whether Sombra be good or bad with this change, then yeah, I think, I think we'd see a lot of it to start off the stage, especially. Yeah. So, you know. Maybe. Yeah, I think Sombra is going to be a very, I, I don't really know about the, based off these patch notes, like all I know is Junker Queen. From what I've heard, Junker Queen's pretty dead. And then from we've seen Contenders, Junker Queen's pretty dead. Especially because when you bring in the fact that, like, now temporary health gives you ult charge too. So when, like, you have yeah. long sustained fights, you're literally farming more ult charge. Um, yeah, she's not very good. Like, the Bastion is troll, still. <laughs> We're gonna see some Bastion. <laughs> Wheels mode is sick, dude. The Come Bastion on now. is still, still kind of troll. Uh, so, yeah, everything that points to it to me is, like, Junk Queen's dead. Orisa's been trying to be played, is what I've heard, but it's still, like, not that good. Because it's like you still don't have like enough value getting from like you're getting from her kit, still. Um, and I think so and then Som Sombra is like big. So yeah. I don't really know much about the about the meta other than like Sombra appeared to be Sombra do be appearing to be looking quite clean with it. I mean, know? if it's played on the Korean contenders patch, I mean, I'm just scrolling through these vods and like the meta seems kind of lit to be honest with you. It's all over the place right it's, now. Like yeah, they and, have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, and it's all, you know, benefit of that, or, you know, it's always, it's always, opposite statements, it's always like that at the start of uh, Metas, of course, that it's a little bit all over the place, but, like, I'm seeing Saria compositions from T1 with Genji and Sojourn, I'm seeing Sigma on Circuit Real with Widowmaker and Sojourn, um, I'm seeing Junker Queen being played by a team still with the Lucio and, and Bap on Control Center, uh, I'm seeing Doomfist, Tracer, Sombra compositions from some teams, so, like, you know, if, if this is the patch we get to play on, then I'd be pretty excited about this. You know, there's some May being played, so... I don't expect Just... a Doomfist. There's been a surprising amount of Doomfist, but I think with him still not having a slowback, I would be surprised with an Overwatch League team going to that. Rather, compare if you're going to play a Doomfist, I think... Probably a Winston would just be better in that situation, but I also could be with wrong. the buff of Sombra keeping your cooldown, like your hacking yeah. longer. Yeah, now. Doom gets rolled like hard. Doom gets yeah. like even further punished potentially. So like, I, I think it's like teams right now just don't know what to play. Like everyone's still learning what really the what is the best method to play right now. So yeah. there's just some universal constants, which is like Jungle Queen's not good. 
Yeah. I would say that's not a bad thing at all. Like, honestly, just having a meta again where it's almost not obviously not random but like oh this team is going to specialize in this fucking thing like london spitfire doing the may rush ryan shit and then another team is doing like doomfist and, and stuff like that maybe there is a little bit more junk queen on certain maps anything that's just variety is good it's always good um it doesn't matter what it is um if we have a meta for too long it kind of fucking blows we've seen that this year we've seen that in lots of other years if we just go back to a uh what was the i guess summer showdown no, not Summer Showdown, man. Fucking Kickoff Clash. Kickoff Clash and Midseason Madness. Like, they were way more varied than we've seen Overwatch played in a long time. And everybody fucking loved that shit because we get to see different teams specialize in different things. So, yeah, honestly, dude, if someone pulls out Bastion again, I'm going to go fucking crazy. I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Wilsmo did get Ironclad back. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, Wilsmo, gonna... like, go kind of hard, though. You know, I've seen Matt play Wilsmo, like, play a little okay, bit of Bastion. No, you know, I'm kind of expired, <laughs> inspired. Um, no, but anything with uh, variety is good. And I think anything that pushes Junk Queen out the meta right now is perfect. If we just don't see her at all, wouldn't complain. And I don't think anybody else would either. Um, I have such horrible for, memories of Ironclad. At least not Clan. for a little while. Yeah, yeah, do you remember, was it like a 40% damage reduction passive when he was in tank mode and the Bastion became literally it was, unkillable? Oh, it was, yeah. it was in the middle of uh, Apex Season 2. I don't know where you were in your uh, pro career then, Costa, but I remember, I, I remember I we... I think we were knocked out already. I Apex think... Season 2? Did you play Apex Season 2? Yeah, we, we were both there for Apex Season 2. Uh, I mean, it happened yeah. during NA as well, because in NA we were still playing tournaments under LG, and then it happened for like two weeks, and it was like major And you just troll. couldn't kill it? Yeah. Yeah, you just, just yeah, everyone just drop a Diva bomb together. on it, and you would nail the, the Bastion, and he'd stay in turret form and wouldn't die to the Diva bomb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if, uh, so if, if, if people remember at the time, um, LW Blue to become New York Excelsior was like the sickest Scream team in the world, and that was like with yeah. Sabiolbi, Libero, uh, they didn't have Mono yet because it was on AF Blue, Janus, I think. No? Yeah, I think Janus. Yeah, I think yeah, it was Janus. like... It yeah, was like they, the sickest team. team. They were the best team in the world in scrims, okay? And we, we were on Misfits at the time, and they had like a 90% win rate in scrims against us or whatever. And yes, then, yeah. then one day nice. they just dropped cool. the Ironclad patch or whatever, and we're like, yo, you, wanna, you guys want to scrim like LW Blue? We were already out of the tournament. And we just started rolling LW Blue with Ironclad Bastion. And these were like the best <laughs> players in the world. And we just came out with Bastion and just like Mercy Pocket, Nana Boost. And just it just ruined the entire competitive landscape playing Ironclad for like a week. And then they patched it or whatever. So uh, that was a fun way to end it. Uh, anyway, random stories. I think people like those. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, just, just looking at the contenders footage. I hope we get to play on this. It looks very exciting. <laughs> um, and also, if the meta then settles a little bit, you know, maybe just introduce Kiriko as is. And, you know, maybe... You know, I, I have no idea, what, you know, what's going to happen to the game. But if we have a diverse man and then you introduce Kiriko, maybe it could be a good kind of opportunity. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the teams in the Countdown Cup and what we're playing for this stage, of course. So there is no tournament uh, this time around. There is going to be the play-ins at the end of it. But, you know, God bless. There's actually something in the line for us on this stage with the remaining regular season matches um, yeah. throughout. So let's talk about the teams and uh, really what they're playing for Um and uh, what uh, what's really on the line here so in the in the west region in the north american region as mentioned before the top six teams will directly qualify for the end of season playoffs and what is interesting is number four to about number nine even 
there's actually quite a few teams that are uh, have about the same number of wins and could be overtaken and will be competing for those slots. So, so uh, I'll just run it through for the audio listeners, especially. Number four is the Houston Outlaws. They're sitting at 13 wins, so they're relatively safe. You know, we got a two-win bumper. I think you should look at the points, right? 16 points. Oh, they have a lot. Oh of my points. god, you're right. Sorry. You know, it's been a, it's been a long podcast. I'm lost. Uh, yeah, they got 16 points. So Houston Outlaws, 16 points. They're relatively safe. They have three points over the next team. Number five, the London Spitfire, who sit at 13 points. Um, so with a three league point lead, Houston Outlaws, they probably should be safe with a win here and there uh, to qualify directly for the playoffs. Then we have London Spitfire at number five, Toronto Defiant number six at both 13 points. So 13 points, that's currently like what you need to be in for the direct playoff spot. Then we have... Number seven and number eight in the North American region is Atlanta Rain and the Florida Mayhem. They sit at 12 league points. So they are one point or one win below London and Toronto uh, on what's needed to qualify directly for the playoffs uh, per se. Washington Justice at 10 league points. They're probably not going to make it. They're aiming for the play-ins. Um, but those are sort of like the four teams that are competing for those final directly uh, qualification playoff spots. And then for the play-ins themselves, Boston Uprising currently sit at six wins, beating, of course, the Vancouver Titans in the summer showdown um, stage. Uh, Vancouver sit at four league points. So, um, you know, if, if Vancouver had won that match versus Boston just a couple of weeks ago, then they'd be tied at five league points each. Um, but instead, uh, Boston Uprising have like a two league point uh, lead on the on the Vancouver Titans for that final playing spot. So, just reviewing these teams that are into it. What's a team you're looking out for to potentially like over? You know, is it Atlanta Rain overtaking London or Toronto? Um, are you worried that maybe like London and Toronto will fall out of favor and lose one of those spots? Or do you think Vancouver could make a run for the playing spots? What, what's like the team that stands out to you? moving into the Countdown Cup that you think is the most interesting to you and the regular season matches ahead. So I'll go, I'll start, I'll start to give, give you guys a buffer. Atlanta Rain, for example, they're one point away from the playoff spot. I think we can all agree that like halfway through the season, Atlanta Rain were like one of the sickest teams because they got top three in Cup Clash, they got top three in Mid-Season Madness, and they still, as of now, find themselves one point away from the actual playoff spot, you know, below London Spitfire and Toronto Defiant. I, 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 I'd be quite amazed if Atlanta Rain miss out on that final playoff spot and have to go through the play-ins. You never know what's going to happen in the play-ins, you know, the meta, whatever. It could be a bunch of different things. So Atlanta Rain is sort of like the team that I'm looking at among these very close teams uh, in the Countdown Cup that, and I'll be keeping a closer eye on. Yeah, they're, they're just 9-9, nine and nine, right? Like 9-9 nine and nine in regular season for the caliber of player and team that they are is like pretty bad. So I actually don't know, like let me actually see if they have an easy stage at the end here because, but they've lost a bunch of matches that they really should not have lost. Um, they have a somewhat easy schedule. Oh, actually, never mind. So they play, <laughs> uh, they play Toronto, New York, Washington, and Florida, but they also have Shock and Dallas in there as well. So... It, depending on how good they are in relation to Toronto, they could go three and three. And that is not a sure thing to make it in, right? Like if Toronto is good, then they're going to get over there. What type of form is the London Spitfire going to be in? So for me, the big surprise out of all of this is that London Spitfire are number five right now. No one predicted that. And also the Florida Mayhem at number eight, they're pretty firmly going to make play-ins unless they have like the world's most- I think they're guaranteed state. for play-ins. Oh yeah, they're, they're almost guaranteed actually at this point. So they're probably going to make it like, and they have the potential to get out of there. So big props to a couple of these lower end teams for just sort of like stepping up. 
And then, you know, Washington Justice at 8 and 10. Disappointing season. Again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it w- yep. It w- yeah, I mean... It would be amazing yep, if Florida Mayhem um, did actually get one of those spots because they are playing uh, LA Gladiators, Boston Uprising, Vancouver Titans, Atlanta Rain, Toronto Defiant, Houston Outlaws. So, you know, some tough matches there because you're playing the LA Gladiators. Uh, you are playing the Atlanta Rain. We'll see what kind of form they're in. But if you were Florida Mayhem and you could beat Boston Uprising, Vancouver, you know, maybe Toronto if the meta uh, suits you as well. Florida Mayhem, they might be looking to compete for that uh, final playoff spot. And that would be like an incredible achievement for Florida Mayhem as well, given like the roster they came into the season. So uh, any other storylines that you're intrigued by? Uh, I One that I'm intrigued by. I mean, obviously, we there's the London one. The London one is like, do they firmly make playoffs, which I'm pretty sure they're pretty destined to, right? To make playoffs or no? Could they lose a bunch of matches and not make I mean, they're one match ahead of Atlanta, Reign, and for Mayhem. They also have a good map differential. So, you know, as long as they don't get, like, sweeped, Lono Spitfire, they yeah. are in a good spot and they have that lead. Looking at Lono Spitfire's schedule, they're playing Paris, Vancouver Titans, and then yeah. LA Gladiators, Dallas Fuel, New York Excelsior, San Francisco Shock. So, you know, three and three. I mean, that's their I mean, three. Yeah, I mean, they would go three and three. Three winnable three games in, right? there. Yeah. yeah. New York, I mean, Vancouver, like, that's Paris. That's pretty yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a pretty. That's a, obviously the mayhem. It's like up there with the mayhem in terms of the achievement of like, holy shit, like this is like a roster that's really succeeded by uh, what everyone, including ourselves, thought was going to be for them, for them coming into the season. But also, there's one more team. And you already touched on the Justice. Or not the Justice, but the Rain. There's one more team, which I don't want to see shit the bed here. Toronto Defiant. Ah, uh, the Copians Toronto Defiant. <laughs> Toronto Defiant. I'm like, okay. Finished third at your event. Every day, you guys, well, Jaws was there. Every day, he, I was in the green room. Rain. They didn't get knocked out before, he was. like, Saturday, he was. Sunday. He was literally like, on his hands and knees. He had a little shrine dedicated praying. to his a little, like, mural on the wall. And he's... Most of it was just like, please, you are one of the two organizations left that invested, or three organizations left in North America that invest in Overwatch. Please, please, do not get knocked out your homestand. And they didn't. And they got a third. And it looked pretty good during it, doing it. So the question, though, is like, if we get away from a meta um, where the roster kind of worked together very well, like Hisu on the Ash and like getting, uh, keeping Aldo in the Genji or Finale on the Tracer, right? Like, What's it going to look like for the following stage? And like, how good meta-wise are they going to potentially be if they have to play like a Sombra, right? Like, and playing around that Sombra, if that if that's going to be the meta. Like, um, if they get to go back to like Winston, Ooh, the then, like Sombra. Yeah, right. Like, there's a lot of like questions with this team because I'm not worried about their backline. Their backline, no matter yeah. what the meta will be, I'm I'm perfectly content. Like, their backline's great. Um, they are the new adamantium backline after the Gladiators kind of beat. <laughs> but like, it's more so like. What like what does her DPS and tank lineup look like? Because Muse, you no, know, he's like had really good moments on like Doom, but like then they had Hotbot play Junker Queen. His so, Winston like, is good. You know what? Yeah, his yeah. Winston's good, but like that's fair actually. His Winston did have good moments, so like I don't know. But like, what about if they go to play Zarya? I guess you put Hotbot on it. Like you know, there's a lot of stuff up in the air. Like what their DPS and tank lineup might be as you head into a new meta. I no. am worried. Sorry, Costa. I know you want to talk as well. I am worried that will enter like the 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 the, the sub out and sub in. Tank yeah. roster situation again. Go on. I, yes. Absolutely. And my my big worry for the Toronto Defiant is I think their most important match is first. They play Atlanta Rain this weekend. And I think that is a must win for them because if they fall to the Atlanta Rain, all of a sudden I think falling into the planes becomes much, much more likely. 
Yeah, and it's worth keeping in mind yeah. as well that they lost to Lolan Spitfire twice, right? Also, no. this is the chance for Gladiators to end the season strong and to show that, like, yeah, last stage was a fool for them. Yeah. Um, as well. Like, I think, because, like, there could be a very significant, like, one stage where, they, but you kind of picked it up at the end of the stage, right? Of, like, oh, you, you had a flop. And yet, like, but if you have two stages, then, like, you can definitively say probably, like, no matter what, what I know a lot of nerves have been put out, but, like, definitively probably no Glads players can be in the running for MVP if they have a second bad stage or, like, a mid middling stage. And on top of that, like, the narratives, like, Glads are the best team are soundly defeated because of the fact that, like, you can't have two bad stages. You can be the best team for the first half of the year, but you're definitely not the best team. Dude, Glads have a good schedule, though. Like, a good schedule. They have Florida Mayhem, they have Vancouver, London, New York, Washington, Boston. Whoa. Well, remember, yeah, they, mean, had, uh, they had a hard schedule. They had a really hard schedule, yeah. Last, last stage was a hard schedule. This so makes I up think for it, and then fun. some. Yeah, I they think are going to be more than okay. I think Especially Toronto because are they also have in a pretty good spot. So. Like, dude, the way they looked, uh, obviously it does depend on the meta and how that shit goes out. I hope they don't have to keep swapping tanks. Fuck that shit. But like, what, what do they have? New York, they have Vancouver, they have Shock. Okay, the Shock one. Yeah, you're probably losing that one, buddy. Unfortunate. And then they do have Florida Mayhem, then they have the Houston Outlaws, who, will they choke uh, at the very end? That's the last match, actually. Is that the last one? It is. The last match of uh, Countdown Cup. So yeah, I think Toronto Defined are more than okay. Yeah, they need to... Get over the hurdle of the land to rain, but they're going to be good. They're going to be that same. Plus, what are they right now? Ten and eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their their records are incredible. Like their their records. Fun. They're twelve. Really they're technically twelve and six in their nineteen and their oh, sure. nineteen points. So like, yeah, they're they're really good. I, and then looking away from North America, it's like, well, actually, well, technically, there's also a chance for like, does fuel look as good in a non like hive mind meta as well? Now that we've seen, they them, should like, be oh, good in. The, a Sombra meta or a Zaya Reaper meta. That, I that's think what you think, right? Be because good, right? you put yeah. Hanbin in and you put Hodoha in, potentially, like they should be really good. But also looking at APAC, the return of Spark, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> the Alpha E and Shy returns to the field. Their 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 penis cage is unlocked, ready to fuck. Like, are they ready to pound? Like, I don't know. Before we I jump over to the anything. east, before we jump over to the east, uh, something that we didn't have in the rundown. Uh, Ansi get dropped by the Gladiators. This. Oh right, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's it's something that I think a lot of people. It's not a massive surprise with you know that kind of stuff. It's disappointing to see him go. It's not going to leave a gargantuan hole in their roster because they do have happy. You know, people were already speculating would they play happy or Arns? Maybe in a Widowmaker meta, Arns would come in. But for the most part, I think it was expecting happy. So hopefully, Arns finds somewhere to go play. He's mechanically one of the best players. Like in FPS games, so uh, I, I'd love to see him sort of find... Hey, man, he won but... two stages this year. Legend. Wait, did he play in those stages? He played in the second one. He came he in for the finals. Yeah, he was got some dope for mid-season Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. some playtime. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then the first one, yeah, I mean, because they played a lot of Patipan uh, Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a good point. Anstead, uh, get up by the gladder, so we'll see. Um, and, you know, there was also that tweet, I like to believe, that... Um, Gladiators offered him to actually like leave the team prior to the deadline so he could explore options for the playoffs if need be, but it didn't seem like that happened. So uh, he left the, you know, it seems like a mutual agreement to leave anyway. Um, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, look, all I say about answers, I am really grateful that he came out in the midseason madness and popped off like that. That was a huge like redemption match, I feel like, because people have been like, oh, you know, he's okay, you know, he's not the answer of 2020, and then. He just like turned it off for the most important match of the tournament and just like was lights out.
for the LA Gladiators in that final. So an, an epic note to sort of uh, end his current career on. And if he decides to continue playing for another team next year, you know, we'd be happy to see him. So uh, there you go. Good point there. Good pointing that out. Um, before we move on to Apex as well, there's one more team I want to discuss here. So, you know, as people might have seen, of course, I took a week break from social media. Uh, I just had enough. You know, there was a lot so of negativity. Props to you, Johnny, for doing that shit. Yeah, Respect. holy shit, dude. Yeah. I, 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 there was oh, a lot yeah. of negativity surrounding the game for the longest time. You know, every time there was something new, Overwatch 2, cool or related, there was just bad news, Overwatch League, bad, everything bad, people just negative. And it got to me. And the fucking final straw was, the fucking final straw was, we did the episode last week. And we, I forgot as a host to bring up the Dallas Fuel. And their fans were fucking rabid. They just come out. <laughs> you fucking hate our team. You hate the this franchise. We have one good stage. You played us low in the rankings going into the summer showdown. And you never put respect on us. Talk, you hate did we not talk about Dallas at all last no, episode? No, we, I we, actually, we, not, we didn't really touch on them too Very much. little, Honestly, yeah. Honestly, we uh, definitely no. kind of... We just like, what about teams? proper? No. <laughs> the San Francisco uh -huh. no, And that was a mistake. I actually had written down in the rundown last week that we're gonna discuss Hanbin as an MVP candidate following that but the show went on and so I moved on from that and you know we forgot to talk about the Dallas Fuel so here's the, we're catching up here's the Dallas Fuel what do we think about the Dallas Fuel going into the chat it would be funny on. if we forgot okay. them again <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll have the, the we'll have the honoraries fuel segment this is for the Fuel fans so uh this is actually a very interesting question because they came back in the Jotes meta and, you know, we've always sang their preachers, especially in sustained metas, you know, dating back to last year. They were really good when they stuck together. They speed in, um, playing these fast compositions and speeding on over your opponent. But now we're moving away from Jotes. So I want to have like a bit of a discussion, like what do we think about Dallas Fuel going into perhaps a new meta under new circumstances? There were lights out in the kick of Clash as well. Large credit to that was that Hanbin was the best Saria in the league. Hanbin, of course, was also the best Junker Queen in the league during Jotes. And then during like the June Joust, uh, they, they just or they just hit like a bit of a road bump there. They couldn't figure themselves out. They were a bit middle of the pack. Their damage lineup was all over the place. If we're moving into a Sombra meta, that could spell really good news for the Dallas Fuel because um, even going into the season, you know, during scrims and whatnot, I heard extremely good things about Dallas Fuel's Sombra dive. It just never, never happened to be meta, um, you know, in the league itself. But if we move into a Sombra meta, um, that'd be really good for the Dallas Fuel, I think. I think they'd be perfect in that. But what do we think about Dallas Fuel moving on of a, a great stage win for them? Um, and moving into the Countdown Cup now, do we do do, uh, do we like treat them as like a top three team now, even though we're not in a sustained meta? Do we put enough respect on players like Edison, for example? Um, let's start there with the damage lineup and you know perhaps the support part of Dallas Fuel. Well, here for here for me is uh, we know that they can play like the Zaya Reaper. We know that they can play the sustain. Where I think that they've stumbled throughout the entirety of the season is when they've had to play dive, which is interesting because theoretically they should be good at that uh, that composition especially with fearless but every time that they've tried to integrate fearless in this season they just don't look as comfortable as some of these other teams and that's why in the kickoff clash they ended up adapting and being like well we can't play this doomfist we can't play this winston dive let's play this zai reaper and it ended up working for them um but if that like hadn't worked for whatever reason they would have crashed and burned out of the kickoff clash so for me it's have they worked out that synergy have they worked out how to play this you know Obviously, Sparkle's Tracer is not, you know, the top, top tier. It's very, very good, but it's not like, you know, the highest of levels. Well, and I mean, I'd Fearless say it's like a top four Tracer, probably. 
I disagree with that. But okay. uh, then we go into uh, like fearless every time he's tried to come in. They just don't have that synergy. It feels like they haven't been able to get that. They can find a way to play with Harmbin and stick to what's been working for them this year. Then I think they will be fine. Um, but the question is, if we go to Sombra Winston for that matter, and it becomes like Sombra Winston Tracer type of dive, I'm a little worried for them because they haven't been able to show how to do it, but they are very talented. They have great coaching. They have great players. I could see them getting over that hump, but they need to prove that to me. Yeah. Do we, uh, do we put enough uh, respect on Edison? Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, going into the year, some of us were just like, uh, I'm not going to name any names, you know, because I don't actually recall who said Edison was good and bad, whatever. Uh, I think I said Edison was good. Yeah. I will make the proclamation that I did say Edison still had it. I remember because guess what? I'm a petty bitch. So I remember <laughs> everything. So I remember. Actually, I take it back. I don't remember many things, but I do remember things that make me look good. So I remember that. So. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't really point. No, 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 no. That, that's what I wanted to hear. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I think Edison almost like established some kind of like calm within this damage line as well, because we had so many questions about Gurio. I was very high on Gurio going into the season. I was like, maybe Dallas Fuel could be like a team that Gurio could flourish and develop in. Didn't see that from Gurio early on in the season. Instead, uh, with Edison on the long range hit scan here, um, you know, I, I think that really helped this team out. And I think Sparkle, he had like a top you know, an amazing Genji performance um, in the Summer Showdown tournament as well. You know, I, I'd probably say that Who Are You was the better Genji, um, probably proper as well, but then it's Sparkle. Like, he's in the mix. Top three Genji. I think the way he synergized with the team, it just looked amazing. Um, the mechanics were there, the way he dashed around the map. Complete awareness in a very high-speed sense. So, uh, a lot of a Sparkle... Uh, yeah, a lot of faith in the sparkle in that regard. Um, and then, of course, I want to top out this Dallas Fuel conversation on Hanbin, of course. Because now, he's essentially, I don't want to say dragged, but he's, he's almost carried the Dallas Fuel to two stage finals on the back of first Isoy and the kickoff clash, and now to a title in the Summer Showdown as the best Junker Queen in the league. To many, he's the best tank in the league itself. Joss, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you. I know you're a bit of a Dallas Fuel fan yourself, so I, I want to hear your take of this. Do you think that Hanbin is like a top three MVP candidate going into the Countdown Cup? I think you must be on actual liquid crack to not think that Hanbin's not top three for MVP conversation. Like you have to just be insane. Him and Proper for sure at this point. Who the third one is, no idea. But in my head right now, Proper is number one MVP candidate, and then it's Hubbard. Like, hands fucking down. I I think you'd find, I think you'd struggle to find anybody that doesn't say he's in the top three, if not top two of MVP candidates. Just because his tank play has just been so good in coming into a season where it's like, okay, we got one less tank. Uh, where's Phyllis going to sit? Are they just going to keep trading him and fill us in and out, in and out? Um, and they've not done that. And then when Harbin actually... Didn't we see him on Winston? We definitely saw him some place on main yeah. tank. I'm like, this guy's actually pretty good at main tank too. Like, who's... Uh, although, now I'm not really fucking surprised. He's just an incredible player. Like, Dallas Fuel wouldn't have been able to get that uh, as far as they have done in different tournaments and uh, in the regular season if you traded Harbin for, for a lesser tank player. Like, some teams you could say, yeah, sure, you could trade this tank player this support player for someone else and their team would still do exceptionally well i don't think the dallas field would nearly do as well didn't know yeah, i think that's fair honestly i think to me it, it hanbin being it's so hard because like 
I was really on the Reiner train, and then like he just had a just had a really flop stage. Well, Hamben, when he's played, has always been incredible, you know, and was the defining factor for two big stages for them now. And potentially, if we enter another stage of like Zarya, or even God forbid, like Diva or something, like yo, holy fuck, like holy fuck. I, so yeah, Hamben. I mean, he's made a very good argument for that that position. I think. I think for for me, if we're talking like MVP, I think obviously with the failure of the San Francisco Shock, I'm still pretty high on the proper train, but I think it's more other people have stepped up to him. Like Hanbin, obviously one of those, but also in the East, Lip has yeah. just been lights yeah. out. And I think if Shanghai Dragons had been better as like a whole in the first couple of stages, I think Lip would potentially be head and shoulders above everyone else. But in the same way that we hold this against proper, you need to hold that against Lip. Of Lip was having dominant performances when the Shanghai Dragons were struggling, but he needs to step up. It's kind of unfortunate that um, when we have, we're not going to have another tournament for this countdown cup yeah. because I think that really would have been the determining factor for a lot of people of like who's going to perform in this final tournament, but we don't. And the play-ins, none of the players that we're considering are going to play in the play-ins. And then I think we make our voting before the playoffs. So it kind of sucks. And I think it's going to be probably the most divided MVP race that we've ever had. And I think it's fair. I think you can vote for Lip, Hanbin, Kevster, or Proper and have an absolutely valid uh, right to do so. While in the past, it's usually been a one to two to two horse race. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I agree with you that it's a shame for the award's sake, which, you know, it's not the, the, the most, doesn't hold that much weight, but it, it's unfortunate because I feel like, you, especially with the meta changing, if we move into a Sombra meta, that could really, like, display some kind of weakness for some of these damage candidates as well, because playing in a Sombra meta, it is very different from playing in like a pure kind of hit scan meta, even like a Genji dive kind of meta. Like Sombra is just a different tempo. It's a different skill set. It's a bit more like cerebral kind of way. You need to think more about how to engage and how to use abilities. So it'd be interesting to see how, you know, introduction of Sombra, for example, if that, you know, how proper, you know, where the San Francisco Shock look playing that hero. Um, Kevster and the LA Gladiators. I almost have the most confidence in, in Dallas Fuel in that regard to figure out the Sombra style and how they would make that work and maybe that could help Anbin's case especially if he's on diva so uh we'll have to see well you know well for lip and the shanghai dragons i don't think it's a question that sombra would be very good for them <laughs> but yeah it's interesting that it's it, it it's hard it's not going to have the biggest impact on it shouldn't have the biggest impact on you know how you decide to vote even though it's recency bias and all of that because there's no tournament it's just regular season match and it's whatever we've had three amazing tournaments behind us and those should carry most in my opinion um but yes, that's sort of like the MVP. I, I, I think that's a good conclusion to the MVP debate before we move on to our final stage. It's all over the place. You can have all kinds of different opinions. Quickly though, Rookie of the Year, I don't think it's a real discussion at all. It's proper at this point. Um, Coach of the Year, is there any like team that you're like on the on the edge on? Obviously, Lono Spitfire and Christopher is the leading candidate, but I think, you know, maybe Gunba deserves a shout there as well. The number eight, Florida Mayhem, uh, they made Still it pretty far. D-Pay needs a little bit of a... Like, well, they got three team. wins. Calm down, everybody. Okay, okay, Jack. Yeah. Okay, that, I am... I, Jack, uh, that is... Uh, I also, they, they, also, they, they, also, they also... Someone showed out. One one they got, got three wins shout. against bad teams and then Dude, blew out of the tournament. Did what I are you talking about? No. Did I say Coach No. Does he need a little shout-out? Yes. 
I agree with the shoutouts. I agree with the shoutouts. Okay, yeah. What yeah, if yeah, yeah. 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 they qualify for the play-ins, they go through the play-ins, they qualify for the playoffs, and then they win the Overwatch League? Then what? If he does that, I'm fucking on board. He has done a good job of turning the culture of the team around. He's done a great job. The coach of the year, they got three wins against, what was it, New York, Paris, and someone else like... I'll give him, hey, we, we give him a shout out for being, uh, as you saw, Jack, menaces him, Danny Livin, and Albert being menaces. Big shout out for that. Big shout out. True, actually. Give him a true. shout out for that. So, <laughs> I don't think DFA quite makes it this year, but it is impressive work what he's no, done. Definitely yeah, not, but, but definitely If he had a better summer showdown performance, then, yeah. yeah. But it's, right. uh, I mean, also, Rookie of the Year, damn, man. I mean, it's it probably really has to be proper, but God, there's been some like, I really want to like. There's, there's so been some great main supports. Like, um, exactly. if main supports could get more Chio, credit, Chorong, yeah, like oh, yeah. Vindane, crazy, Vindane, yeah. like yeah. oh, the true. fucking support like, players are on it again. Just no, like, come you, on, you, guys. They, honestly, oh. if the, the 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 level of impact, like those guys, would be up there in like the top five main supports of the year as rookies. Like, if main you support was a more identifiable the year role, to Vindane no, I don't want to give. I don't want to because I want to be egregious. Steals of all not time, not but they're they're fucking. It's been impressive what these main sports. And I'm excited. Like I think they are literally leveling up the game of main support as time goes on. Like we are we are seeing like a new level of like expectation from these players, dude. And imagine fucking saying that a fucking main support, one of the more like invisible roles in the game. Like the DPS, always big blades, play the game, flashy fucking shit, right? Dragon blades hitting five k's and shit like that, which is sick main support in general and historically has been a role that's a little bit more invisible because you're not really killing people that often you're more there for utility and just helping your other support booping people away as lucio etc etc you know the fucking jam but like that is i think that's worth a a good talk that wow a fucking main support and a few of them at that are really actually showing how much impact they can have in the game on it historically more invisible role than like a DPS. You're more than likely going to give player of the year, fucking MVP, whatever the fuck, rookie of the year to a DPS player, then a tank player, then a support player, just going on how much impact those different roles have had ex uh, historically. So yeah, Chio and fucking uh, Chorong. Wow, like holy fucking shit. They go crazy. And for rookies too, unreal shit. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's been our uh, rookie of the years recently? I think 2019 it was Haxel. 2020 I think it was Alarm. 2021 Pelican. 2022. Yeah, yes. I mean, more closely proper. It's not like it's been easy for the main supports to establish, you know, make yeah. a case no, for themselves. It's been impossible. It's, it's it, okay. Like most valuable player, like the way I do it is like, which is the player that you want on your team the most? Like main support is not the most impactful role. So it's very hard to be the most valuable player. And like, even in your know, 2018, when Jonak won MVP, it's like, that's just because Zenyatta was so impactful in that meta of your ability to sway a game and turn a game. Main support, will, I don't think we'll ever get to that point unless the game drastically changes uh, in the hey, heroes that main support plays. It, it might. might. Hey, I would fucking love it. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in support myself. And I, so. I, don't want to, I don't want to bring about some main support hate here, okay? You know, I'll completely <laughs> agree that like Vindime, Chiyo, Chorong, they've all been amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you guys, all right? Just... It's, it's tough to make a case for Rook of the Year. You know, you can be great in your own right, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
We need yeah. a rookie. We need a we need a main support of the year. That's what we need to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna message <laughs> Dude, Sean no, Miller. I, we need to give some please. love. I actually think that's a fantastic idea. Just like as a <laughs> meme award. Custos main support of the year award. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would love to be awarded the meme award of the year. <laughs> Jesus. I'm glad, wait, I can't wait to put that patch on my jersey. Hey, Hell, people yeah. love awards. People love awards. You know, yeah, I, I think every main supporter on the Green, league would be like, true, hey, I'll take this. I'll take this. Uh, Michael Mickey. I just want it to be like a little Mike anime thing. version <laughs> of your head stop. I don't just know. On your jersey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's quickly uh, discuss uh, the APAC region uh, before we move on as well. You know, they have some things to play for as well. Uh, a, bit, a bit more simple in the regard. We mentioned earlier top three of the APAC teams, they directly qualify for the playoffs. The play-ins, the final fourth playoff spot will be played for in play-ins by number four, five, and six. So in its current form, Hangzhou Spark and the Philadelphia Fusion, they are tied at 12 league points for the final and third playoff spot. So everything's on the line. You've got the same round-robin format for all the APAC teams once more. So, you know, Hangzhou and Philly, they'll be battling it out. Uh, as well for an internal kind of matchup and then try to acquire some other points. Chengdu and Guangzhou, they're, no, they're not getting that final playoff spot. So uh, the other sort of interesting thing is Valiant competing for the final play-in spot with Guangzhou, Ch Guangzhou Charge at six points as well. Costa? Yeah. Right, Valiant well. just dropped No Hill. Like, do you think No Hill seemed like Wait, the only... No Hill? Technically, wait, yeah. you don't know this? Wait, he doesn't know this, does I, he? he I, I've know. been out. Yeah, I've been disconnected. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Actually, wait, we should have... Well, what am I... Wait, every, we've, we've lost the... We should be talking about the Valiant right now. We, I don't we, want we, it. We, we need no, to, I don't want we, it. No, we need to. We do need to. We actually Why? need to. I've been offline. To. I have no idea what the fuck you're we talking about. We absolutely have to. We absolutely have to for two reasons. One, so No Hill left the roster, Johnny. Okay, when? And, but here's the mutually thing. agreed. He I, mutually agreed yeah. upon to. Well, no, his contract ended. Is what he he came Wait, out and said. What? His contract is he ended. 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 Yes, he said. He said he signed a contract with Valiant that only lasted until the end of August. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. So that's thing number one. So No Hill left, and then he said he's retiring. But actually, he then he says, actually, JK, I just said that so I can come back later because fuck the Valiant, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and then, thirdly, another report came out while you're gone that a bunch of the players on Valiant, that, no, that essentially No Hill said, like, yeah, I'm in severely in debt because I've been paying all my player salaries. Yeah. So... So the bigger thing here, while everyone's been freaking about all this stupid shit, is that their value continues to literally be criminal organization, literally criminal, <laughs> not paying. Like, they, like I'm not even. Oh, I'm yeah, not kidding. Oh, I'm literally. He, I'm not even kidding. He, I'm not he, even it's kidding. All this hearsay. It's all hearsay. We have no. It's, but the thing is, there's still been other reports that said they're doing the same thing. There's legitimate. No saying this. There's legitimate things to this claim, and this is why I didn't really want to bring it up too much because it's like there's a lot of just like shit that's been thrown out into ether. Yes, Valiant with everything that's going on, trash organization. They're almost certainly a player's not being paid. Did No Hill bankrupt himself? He's saying so. I don't know. Shit well, but the thing is the, the translation. But the thing is, there is no, there is no other interpretation. You just said there's almost certainly players not being paid. In stop, stop no, right yeah, there. Yeah, stop, yeah, stop yeah, right yeah, there. You're stop. Speaking no Hill's word for like no. everything, and which is I'm not fair. just taking No Hill's word. I'm not yeah. just taking No Hill's but word. Like, I don't know. Like, here's my thing. If it's just like, there's obviously so much shady shit going on there, but it's impossible to know what is real, especially because every bit of information that we are getting is through a translation from like some like person on like 
you know, Billy Billy or something like that, right? Like we don't have perfect information, so I don't want to talk about it, but it is sussy as fuck. No Hill's gone and the LA Valiant is going to go to shit at this stage. I like mean, 100%. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's over, but the point yeah. being here, Johnny, the point being here, all signs point to this organization should have their Overwatch 2 access revoked and they should just I, give me- I agree with that too. Like I, yeah, I think LA Valiant yes. should, there should be no world in which LA Valiant they they they, they literally should be shut out like if they're like okay we're not gonna give the franchise back okay well then just take away the Overwatch 2 access good luck playing like literally <laughs> like 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 legitimately fuck this org and secondly how does an org let a coach sign a, a contract that only lasts till august <laughs> <laughs> how is that even possible i don't even understand how that's even possible so yeah like pretty much it's fucked it's just fucked it's literally fucked and like I, every day i look upon this it's it's a blemish upon god's green earth so it's, I simply can't believe it. I can't believe it. So on Mondays, <laughs> when I put together a list of topics that is, I swear to God, like 40 lines long, and then I type to you guys, tag you on Discord, and I go, hey guys, I, I, I have not been on there. social media for a week, <laughs> and I'd appreciate your input if there's something I've left out there. Maybe in that list, someone would let me know that the LA Valiant have allegedly not paid their players, and their coach have been let go in the middle of the season, expired rather. That might have been relevant for the topic list as of today. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I not only did I not read your post, I assumed you were going to catch up on any news at any point. I thought you were gonna like, read on some I, stories. I don't. And... I I just saw a post from like No Hills. Like, I'll be back next year, and I'm like, well, that makes sense. And I'm like, all right. I don't get the <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you didn't like, look what? any further <laughs> into that. You didn't look any further into that. And it, I mean, that's just crazy. That's crazy. I was like, wow, did they get an extension or something? <laughs> like, what the fuck? You didn't look any further into that post. <laughs> I'll accept my part of the blame for not doing this, but I literally saw that right. no wheel tweet. It's like I'll be back next year, and I was like, this is the biggest non-news event ever. I mean, no fucking. I mean, you just didn't even think to think about like what else the implications could be for that one. I, I no, look, look. I just scrolled through. I had no idea, but yeah, I must have missed that one. All right. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, Valiant, uh, they don't do have we, a ch chance. I, do we want to talk about the spark things? Because I see that it is in the rundown. Do we just hit this here instead of later on? Because here's my thing. Spark is playing for Philly for the number three spot to guarantee them in the playoffs. If I see Neko or Teru roll up yeah. in the server, I am I that would be the most Changoon shit I've ever seen. Okay, like, so I did actually know this. I just want to say, I did know about the player changes to the Hangzhou Spark, and also Piggy was added to the Guangzhou Charge. I was going to get to that. That was part of this segment as well. But we can just get into it right here. Hangzhou Charge added Tiru, and... Uh, Neko. Neko, Neko yes, Jake, the coach, yeah. Uh, the Hangzhou Spark. Yeah. I am alarmed. As a Hangzhou Spark enthusiast, <laughs> I am alarmed. <laughs> Sign the horns. Wait, here's the thing. Like, there is, like, Teru was, as far as I'm aware, Teru was uh, playing for Team Diamond to not very much success. Uh, I, it seems like he fully roll swapped to support after dabbling with it in the Vancouver Titans. And Neko, I don't think, has played. He's been a coach for the Spark, right, for the last, like, year. So apparently he's just putting himself in there is no way like i understand irony and super rich have haven't been exceptional for this team but there is no way that they're about to play right there's you know, also is I, 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 play I, I, support he plays this support is, now yes he's he a support player now he plays flex specifically yes 
He won't play over Super Rich. Super Rich is actually, I think, still had a better year than Irony. There's just no shot they both both play. This seems like major bag getting somehow. They've uh, swindled the bag. No shot. Like, yeah, sure, Irony and Super Rich haven't been like crazy, like knock out of the park. But Super Rich has been decent the entire fucking yeah, Super year. Rich has been There's solid. no yeah. shot Neko and Teru come in, play fucking Lucio Brit, or like, I don't know what the fucking meta is going to be. Like, whatever. Maybe it's double flexible. I don't know. But there's no way, dude. There's just no way. Do they really think Neko has been coaching for this long is going to step in and uh, step up? <laughs> dude, dude, Neko dude. coming in to play support for this team. I mean, this team. I think Super like, Rich was I, great. No, I don't, no good. Super Rich is good. Yeah, Super Rich is good. good. Like the thing is, Spark. The thing about Spark is that thing about Spark is that no joke. This like some like they're on they're on crack cocaine on Spark. They're like hundred percent like something that happens on. They have it is literally if roster size they have a contractual agreement. If the roster size like current roster players drop below amount, they must immediately add new players <laughs> to the roster, no matter what. Like it's just I I, I don't even know what the fuck's going on with Spark. Chengun is off the fucking goop uh, many, many times. Like, I, 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 and also just the general management. It's not even a Chengun problem, specifically. It's just like, holy fuck, what's happening over here? Like, at this, this team, it doesn't make any sense. Neko hasn't played professionally in, what, two It'd years? It'd be like two plus? years, right? Yeah. Two yeah. years It'd be a while. Teru um... literally just swapped to flex Flexport. Now, granted, I mean, it could be like a skewed situation, but it seems unlikely that can keep happening. <laughs> It does seem unlikely they keep getting away with it. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's you weird. You can't keep it's getting away weird. with it. There's no shot. Yeah, the last time he played was in Contender's career in 20. They played main support, right? I think, did he play main support yeah. then? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he I did. Technically, so. also, he had yeah. swapped to main support. That's right. He wasn't even playing flex support. So, yeah. like, yeah. and yeah, once just again, no don't, if you put Neko over Super Rich, my God, yeah. I will yeah, that's, lose that's, my yeah, fucking yeah. mind. And that's the thing. I it's like, but why would they sign people so late in the game if they weren't going to play them, right? Like, there has to be internal conflict going on uh, in the team. Like, uh, I could, you know, I don't like bringing this up because it's just pure speculation, but it's like, there has to be a reason, right? It's not like Changun is like, you know what? Super Rich actually sucks, actually. In my eyes, he's like, he's, he's closed his eyes and he's seen it in the wind. Like, I think it would have to be like something to do with just internal culture if they play. But if it is, they that's did just go a bad... one and six last stage. Now, they were now the you last did place know, now team last stage. Now you did notice. But as it well wasn't the support's the... faults. No, but also they did technically with this move, right? With Neko and Teru coming in, though technically Iron already was, but like if Neko were to if Neko were to play main support or Teru were to play for some reason main support or, or just double flex, like right? They had they pretty much would be able to make their whole roster if Bernard played Korea. Uh, except for Shy, yes. Yeah. And except that's, for Shy. And that's, and that's the, I think that would be the yeah. most likely thing is that the Super Rich is a Chinese player. So maybe there's some internal things going on there. No, they can still make it all Korean because they have Alfie. Yeah, but oh, they, yeah, if they, they take out Shy, don't they still have Marco and Teru, I will fucking throw something across a room. It's done, but think of what the timeline we're on. They signed Neko and Teru as support players. Like yeah. that, nothing is off the table. I think it, I think it's important in this debate, by the way, to separate the fact that just because, for example, Super is Chinese, it doesn't have to be implied that there's anything of like the the, the racism that we experienced between Korean and Chinese players in the past as well. It could just be a communication issue. Like for yes. example, Shanghai Dragons yeah, in yeah, 2018, yeah. they tried to blend like you know three. I think it was like three Chinese players with three Korean players. That went to shit. Like it's really hard still for 
you know, there are some Kore uh, Chinese players that I think pick up Korean and understand Korean. Like, I don't know. They figured it out in some situations, but this doesn't have to be an internal conflict situation. This doesn't have to be a, a, a situation where maybe people do awful behavior towards Superich because he is Chinese strictly. It could be because Superich, as a Chinese player, has issues communicating with his Korean team, whereas maybe Shai doesn't, all right? So I just want to make the distinction quickly before people get the pitchforks and be irrational and shit. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's because of like anything like... No, but like I have that, to make right? the disclaimer, you yeah, know, because yeah, otherwise it's... people fuel to the fire, make assumptions, shit like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just... I. I don't know how bad they think Super Rich is playing, or maybe it's a mess thing. I just can't see how Neko and Terry would be enough. Uh, maybe they are just secretly, they've been in the, the fucking lab. In the lab without access to Overwatch 2. Yeah, do you I don't know. It would be fucking crazy if there's a randomly a May meta and then Teru not even, doesn't even play support, they just put him in on May. <laughs> and they just like, hey, I genuinely thought that was what it was for. Yeah. I was like, oh, Teru's gonna play May. No, no, <laughs> he's exactly playing support. I saw the fucking graphic, I didn't see support, and then the little logo, I was like, he's DPS? Don't they have like fucking 15 of them already? No, they have four and maybe five. Yeah, because all yeah, they still have architects. They literally still yes, have architects. exactly. He's still on that and, roster. Uh, so... I don't, I don't, I don't understand. That would be the biggest meme if he did come in as a support and then play main. Like it would be so. St His main's pretty good though, to be fair. But uh, strange. All right, to say the least. All right, I think that wraps up uh, Apex pretty nicely. We didn't talk about Fusion versus Sancho Spark, but I think because of all these signings, we can assume that maybe Philly has the edge when it comes to that uh, fighting for that third spot. And also, Fusion has had the edge uh, the last couple of times they've actually met. So. Fusion definitely trending towards securing that third and final Apex spot, so that will be very interesting to follow. Um, and then the play-ins as well. You know, if, if Chengdu makes the playoffs over Hangzhou, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd like to see leave in the playoffs. That'd be fucking sick. No, uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've really had enough of Chengdu this day. This <laughs> okay, okay. I, 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 I don't want to see him. But the thing is, the meta could be good for them, no, It could I've be good for them. I don't want to see him. Uh, you know, like they, they burned my bridge. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you want to see them. They're going to show up anyways. Justin's been doing it to me for three years. So, like, it doesn't matter. All right. It does not matter. I'm going to make a controversial executive decision live here on the show. Um, generally, uh, we actually have a schedule now as well. Uh, we'd move into power rankings. But I propose that we skip power rankings because, first of all, we don't have official patch notes. So, <laughs> and also, we're moving off of Jotes, which was a very uh, individual kind of weird mon monkey meta that doesn't even hold like precedence moving into the next one. And third, our, our fucking pre-Summer Showdown rankings was catastrophic and will haunt us to this day. So with all those three points out of the way, <laughs> it was pretty... It was, it was all right, but Dallas people were like eight or whatever. Um, I propose that we skip power rankings. We've also gone on for two and a half hours, and maybe we'll do power rankings next week with some bullet points or data points uh, behind yeah. us or whatever. We'll do power rankings then. Sure. Um, we have some quick predictions, though. Um, Kurt obviously has the amazing technology of doing all the predictions, um, you know, the, the scores we keep, etc. like that. Uh, they're, they're, they're flying home this week, so maybe next week we'll have Kurt back to be the producer and do the prediction yeah! production. And, uh, you know, yeah. Maybe I won't have to do all of it. Uh, <laughs> so that'd be nice. But for the moment, we're going to do scuffed predictions just, just to get like a bit of a vibe going into the week one matches. So I picked out a few close matchups uh, and I just like get the vibe check for everyone going into these. So um, Boston Uprising versus Houston Outlaws is the first one. Keep in mind now, Boston Uprising with the Western lineup, if they start playing that again, with Seeker in the lineup, do we think this is like an opportunity for Boston Uprising to punch upwards and like capitalize on Houston Outlaws being a bit mediocre in the Summer Showdown? Or do we still think Houston Outlaws is the superior team they should beat Boston? 
I don't know if I just say this too much, but I feel like this could be a classic Houston Outlaws just miss the meta, you know? Like, I feel like sometimes they said, just... You if they play Sombra, yeah. you know... But they, and, and in my defense, I'm right, like, 50% of the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. yeah. so sure. honestly, it, 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 it could go either way. Um, but, you know, Houston, they are not lacking talent at all. The interesting question is, if they do go to a Sombra meta... Will we see Dante finally move back over to DPS, play the Sombra with Pelican uh, on the side? If we go to a Tracer meta, they're going to open up into that old can of worms where Pelican doesn't feel as confident on Tracer as he does other heroes. So there's a lot of directions in which the meta could go, which I think could be bad for the Outlaws and make them lean on some players that they don't you know, necessarily want to lean on. Um, but Outlaws are the better team. Theoretically, uh, but as much as I am, you know, I have a lot of hype on this Boston squad now that, you know, Seeker seems to be playing really well, Crimson Punk maybe probably mainstays in the lineup. I think it could be really cool to see what Boston does, but I think Houston Outlaws is still my pred. Anyone going for I'm, a cheeky Boston pred here? I'm going for Houston. All right. So. Yeah. I Actually, him, well, I will yeah. say I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw one point though. What the fuck? Who's playing? Are they going to, is Doge going to make it to the States? He's been permabenched in Europe, right? Is he going to make it to the States if there's like a main tank meta for Houston? I don't like think so. Winston? I don't know. Because does that. that mean Dante plays Winston for this team? I think they would die on the Doomfist Hill before they play Winston. Or would they just yeah. play Doomfist full time? But also Doomfist with the Sombra into the new Sombra, potentially. And that, that sort of bad. was my question of like, if Dante yeah. needs to play Doomfist, then who's playing Sombra? I'm actually not sure if Pelican plays Sombra. Uh, I don't know. Like, actually... if anything, the Boston roster makes more sense <laughs> than the houston outlaws roster right now but on overall talent i'm just gonna give it to outlaws i'm just gonna give it to outlaws. yeah so, all right yeah, same i'm very excited for seeker to uh trailblaze his way through the end of the season and maybe uh we see seeker in you know you know see but I, I said this i made a small rant on my stream that all, some some of these teams like picking up uh, the the generational talent in containers or whatever. It's a bit like a lottery. It's like a bit of gambling. And like as soon as you're <laughs> a as soon as you're a known prospect like in the Overwatch scene, as long as, when you've been around for like a year or two, like your value as a player almost like diminishes because people have seen what you're capable of and like people don't believe in you improving from that standpoint. Whereas like, if you're a new toy being promoted from contenders, it's like, oh, there's this untapped potential. We've actually have no idea how, how, how far this player can climb. So I was like, if Seeker, <laughs> I just made this dumb fucking statement. I was like, if Seeker like retires now, he's like one game under his belt and he comes back for next season. It's like, yo, I'm looking for a team guys for next season. He has that one amazing reverse sweep pop-off match and his value would almost be higher than if he plays this season out with the Boston Uprising and has a pretty mediocre stage or whatever. So, I don't know. That I is an incredibly meta take. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, because, sure. you know, maybe some of these teams would be like, hey, Seeker was pretty good in that one match, you know? He, he was, was lights out, player of the bad. match, you know? Was that was a sensational good. performance, you know? What if he does that every match for us? <laughs> That's... <laughs> I don't know. Mad respect no, too. Drops the bag in his first game and just types in chat. You know, like mad he had, fucking respect. He had one of the best like midseason debut performances we've ever Absolutely. seen. Like midseason signing. Like that performance individually yeah. was crazy. Yeah, it wasn't against the best team, but like it was, it, it was, was still impressive. And on a high note, yeah. Seeker, retire now and then <laughs> come back. <laughs> it wasn't the players' TV show with the league guy who plays one game and then he uh, he makes a, like an org called like what is that? Un 
fuck it was something where he's like he plays one game wins and then just retires and he's like never lost i think is his brand never <laughs> lost. i should be a tv show writer <laughs> no um amazing yeah let's move on we got a few more matches before we wrap up toronto defiant versus atlanta rain we talked about this match already it's one of the most important matches of the entire stage with toronto and atlanta battling for one of those uh direct playoff spots toronto mm. defiant finished top three their own homestand looked really good but it's a new meta atlanta rain before this stage they placed top three in six competitive uh, com consecutive stage tournaments do we believe this is atlanta rain's return to form or is this regular season shenanigans and Toronto Defiant are probably the favorite here? Toronto, let's go. I'm still riding high, baby. Toronto Defiant. Easy Oh, even a vast is doubting. Look at his face. <laughs> Don't you fucking do it, Connor. I swear. Who's casting that game? Okay, not me. Okay, fuck. I have no I skin in this know, game man. then. Vast, <laughs> come to Toronto me. Let, me, let me say no, no, no. Atlanta no, no, no. speedily no, has no, no. had more screen the, time. So here's the speedily thing I have. Good. Toronto Defiant backline insane sicko mode. <sighs> yeah, but the problem here is that I don't know. Like their tank line is still up in the air. Obviously, Muse has a good performances. Hoppus has a good performances. But I put. <laughs> I mean, overall, also like their DPS, like their DP, like Hisu and what do they do with Finale slash Although, like what like ah. And also the thing about Defiant for me, it seems like how for what happens with Defiant is they generally get well, so does it rain too. Rain also gets better as the stage goes on. So Okay. Opening match. Opening match, I think Defiant takes it. I think Rain very possibly gets better throughout the stage though. So opening Excellent match, stuff. Defiant takes it. That's a that's a good that's a good like moral standpoint from Avast, you know. He, yeah. he you know, he holds his turn to Defiant fandom close and belief in that team, but he also acknowledges that Atlanta Rain, you know. Go down the line. Costa? I'm going for Atlanta. I don't think Toronto is going to be able to replicate the performance. I think they were great, and I think they will be good, but I think Atlanta is going to be strong. I think they're going to be very prepared and understanding. Like, the biggest thing is they show up to the matches when it really matters, and this is a match that really fucking matters, and they should recognize that. So I think they're probably going to be very ready for this match. I'm going with Toronto Defiant. This might be oh, match. Oh, I'm alone here. Yeah, no way. I'm going with Toronto like Defiant. I was going to Dude, go with the Atlanta Rain. This is hands down match of the week. Yeah, like, absolutely. Matches, like, if it is a Sombra meta and Toronto Defiant picks that shit up quick and they play Hisu Sombra and then they can do whatever they want. I think structurally they will be comfortable playing this meta. It sort of like caters to... You know, even like, I don't know if, I don't think if Muse is going to play a lot of Winston, but it's sort of like that tempo, that style. I think they'll be good in that style. Whereas like Atlanta Rain, look, I, throughout my time in Overwatch, oh, this is going to sound so fucking old and like, you know, whatever. But I've seen star DPS players go to like utter shit the moment they touch Sombra. Because like, it's such a different kind of play and that they're not used to. It's such a different kind of style of play. So... I, as much as I love Speedly, I don't know what Atlanta Rain will do. I'm not going to take it for granted that they will roll out on Sombra and just be, like, sensational in that regard. Kai, amazing hitscan player, but, you know, that that's kind of what he does. Maybe we'll even see Nero Sombra. Like, I'm not going to count it out, so I don't know what Atlanta Rain will do. I have a lot of respect for them. I think they'll do great this stage, but I feel like Toronto Refined is a more known quantity, and I think they'll faster pick this meta up, so I'm, I'm going with Toronto too. That's my take. Okay. Um, you want? Okay. Next match, a bit more one-sided, but it's, a, it's iconic, so I had to throw it up in anyway. London Spitfire against the Vancouver Titans. And this is a London Spitfire team that, of course, is doing great right now. 
Uh, you know, I you know they they played some Sombra throughout the year. Backbone, for example. So maybe they picked that up quick. Maybe this is a return to Reinhardt from Spitfire. But it's against the Vancouver Titans. It's an iconic toilet bowl from last year. Um, and Vancouver Titans are looking, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty cool as well. So, Lono Spitfire, Vancouver Titans. Who do we have? Spitfire. Probably London, just because they can, if they really need to, and depending on how quickly teams develop this meta or, like, fall into the meta, I think London can still default back to more of a Rhine centric comp like maybe a little bit of ryan rush with the may um i think they'll have the upper edge just in terms of that hey question do titans have a main tank <laughs> no they have they don't have a tank player they don't have a tank player they don't they have false they like they okay so but they, they, off they tank do. player yeah, they, off, tank. they have two they the have an off tank player and a player. dps player that plays off tank they yeah. do not have a main tank point. I think they go. Yeah, I, Vancouver is going to be an interesting one. I, I'm. I, it's 100 based on the tank. I think London just has a much better way forward. Right? right. Like I think yeah. they, they can solve it. I'm still going to believe that this is you know a bit of a toilet bowl rivalry. So I hope it's a good, it's a good game anyway. Uh, moving on. I'm going to skip one of these matches. I picked. Uh, moving on. Let's go APAC region. Chengdu Hunters against the Hangzhou Spark. So, Kostas, he's done with the Chengdu Hunters bullshit. He's just over the Chengdu yeah, Hunters. Yeah, I've had enough of it. But they're playing the Hangzhou Spark, buddy. Come on now. You, you gotta pick one of the two. Chengdu or Hangzhou. I'm gonna go for Chengdu because I don't believe in Neko and Terror. I've, I, I, you know what? He, I, like... That mean, to me, that screams that there is internal conflict. There are things going on. I also think it's not going to be a meta where Shy is going to be able to play Hitscan, which I think is one of their strengths. The only, the only wrench that I think the Spark can throw in my plans is Alpha Yi Tracer just goes absolutely fucking crazy. Um, and I think we'll see Gooch Winston come out. So... But the backline, I think, is going to be important. And I just, I'm just not sold on it. So I'm going Chandu. I, I think Leave can deadlift them. And like Jinmu Sombra is a little sussy, but we'll see. <laughs> I've asked Jaws, do we got Chengdu or Hangzhou quickly? Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same lines with Scott, to be honest. Yeah, I'll go Hunters. I'm abandoning, Neku, I'm abandoning my Hangzhou Neku fandom. Teru, uh, Teru, uh, I don't know, bro. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Chengdu too. And then finally... A last match. It's going to be epic. It's Soul Dynasty giga against banger. the Shanghai Dragons. Another giga banger. A, a repeat, of course, of the Summer Showdown Finals. Soul Dynasty against the Shanghai Dragons in a new meta, mind you. Who do we think picks this meta up quicker? Who do we think has maybe the more mechanical skill? Is it going to be Soul or Shanghai? Oh, yeah. Probably take Shanghai. Lip Sombra. Yeah, yeah. Shanghai. All oh, right, if, yeah, you're right. If it's looking like a Sombra <laughs> meta, yeah. Yeah, lip summary, right. All right. Well, that was very unexciting. I was hoping that that would be a bit of a game <laughs> banger discussion. But yeah, you're right. Lip Sombra, if, if there's a Sombra meta, Shanghai are going to be favored. And they're probably going to go like 6-0 and this stage or whatever. Uh, all right. But those are some scuffed week one predictions. I'm looking forward to see what this meta holds. Uh, and that does it for another two-hour, 40-minute episode of Plat Chat. Um, also, a lot of good content in there. You can fit so many good narratives in this bad boy. Uh, let's end it off with Brent's Player of the Week. And look, I need you guys' help here, all right? I was offline. No idea if anyone did something good. 
in the scene. Something, you know, it was a great moment or whatever. Come on, think think long and hard, guys. Oh, yeah. Who's Brent's Pair of the Wag? Let me throw Player this the out week. there. Can Player we make the it all of the Overwatch developers? Because I feel like they've been hated on for the last three years and because they haven't been able to show things. And I feel like we're finally starting to get a glimpse at it. And I just want to give them a good thumbs up. Like, hey, guys, we appreciate what you're doing. Please keep doing it. Unless someone has a better idea. Uh, no, I was going to say the Neko... Uh, Neko, oh my god, dude. It's, he's stuck in my head. He's stuck in my head. He's infiltrating living my brain. Free. Just like no, the, no, voices, the voices. The voices. Living rent-free. I was going to say um, the like hero design team uh, from Blizzard Entertainment. With Kiriko, she looks fucking crazy. All the art they've already fucking done, the trailers and shit like that, I think they've done just a ridiculous job. So that was going to be my vote. But yeah, I mean, the entire dev team got... Yeah, I'm down. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll give it to the... I think developers give a shout out because especially with all the recent shit with like the GTA stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Devs, devs have been having a rough time. Like, they have been having a rough time. I mean, also, you know who else? Yeah, actually, it's irrelevant, right? I was going to be like, that doesn't really, yeah, give it to devs. But in the question below, I want everyone to say, who's the better show right now, Rings of Power or House of the Dragon? <laughs> I haven't oh, seen Rings of Power. House of power the Dragon's been good, though, good. you know? I feel like we're ramping up. I put Rings of Power on the back burner, and I don't, I'm like amazed Let me I tell that. you, people are divided. I put out my take, and I had people coming out saying that I was mentally deficient. Well, I had people you coming wrong? out saying that like people, they, people were passionate about this. People, shit, man. people were like, people were literally like, you, like your genes should be purged from the pool for saying. I can this. already like, I'm telling, predict that you went divided. out and said Rings of Power was good. I did say Rings of Power was good. Yeah. I thought Rings of Power <laughs> was good. Currently, it is really I think good. The, the people have an unreasonable hate boner for Rings of Power right now, and I thought it was going to be trash based off the narrative that I'd heard online. I went and watched it, and I was like, wait a minute, like, this looks pretty good. Like, I don't think it's, like, perfect show by any means, but I also don't find House of Dragon to be that good currently either. The most recent like episode, kind of I will say, I, before, House of Dragon was kind of mid, but the most recent episode... I haven't watched I, the most recent episode. Okay, watch that watch episode, episode and then get back to me. It feels like we're ramping yeah. back into good... But I, that's uh, the thing. I think, they've been, I think they've both been building up. They've both yeah. been building up a bit. So, like, I'm just... I was just... My take was based off the current status of them, not where, like, the overall series is going to end up, but just the current... That yeah, I, I, I gotta say myself, I don't think I can deal with two fantasy TV shows uh, at the same time, so I'll, I'll watch Rings of Power later. So also a new Star Wars show coming out that looking pretty lit, so, you know, we got tons of great uh, TV shows at the moment. Uh, to Casa's yeah. point, this, this most recent episode, I, I did finish the episode with my fiancé, and then I, like, stood up, and I was like, Game of Thrones is back! Yeah. <laughs> that was my reaction to the episode. It really felt like that, like it's been building everything and it finally, I was like, people were like, oh, what is it like? I'm like, it's just world building right now. It's like, it's in the world and that kind of stuff. But for the first time ever, I felt like, I don't know what's going to happen view might, and my I'm view fucking might excited. <laughs> yeah. Once I watch it, then my view might shift drastically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. Oh. It, 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 was, it was a banger of an episode. It was really good. Watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Shut up, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it goes crazy. I am going to watch crazy. that too. I'm going to watch that okay, too. Good, I just good. have that Thank time. you. At least one person. It, it is yeah, a sick that. fucking show. There's a lot of good shows right now, just saying. A good yeah. time to indulge in media. A lot of good shows. Um... But yeah, I want the takeaway of Brent's Player of the Week to be. It's the devs. It's going to the devs, guys. It's not going to the TV show creators. It's going to the devs. So, you know, if you want to spread the word on social media or whatever, you know, Brent's Player of the Week this week is the Overwatch developers for uh, 
you know, making amazing heroes and world building. And, you know, we, we love this franchise and we're so excited for Overwatch 2. So that's Brands Pre of the Week. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for watching. Next week, we'll return and we'll make power rankings after actually having watched matches in this patch, whatever it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a good time. So make sure you like the video. Leave a comment down below. Um, I might be a bit late on timestamps this round. I was a bit bad when it came to updating the topics and stuff. So I'll sort out the timestamps and figure that out. And I'll have this uploaded on audio platforms. Hopefully uh, in time for tomorrow's commute for everyone. So, you know, I'll, I'll get to that and work my ass off to make that happen. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Kostavas and Jaws. And we'll see you next week for episode Thanks, 145 Johnny. of Plat Shadow Wars. Take care, everyone, and enjoy the games.